Soundstripe. Welcome back to the part two episode of Round Four Brackets, the musical edition. We have already ranked and discussed 16 of the best movie musicals of all time. If you want to avoid spoilers, you should go back and listen to part one now. Spotify listeners can hear part one with the songs mingled, mingled into the show. You can also get that with this episode. I am one of your hosts, Scott Barnes, a man of no real accolades, except a spot-on Tugya impression. Well, I am a rich man. I am a rich man. You've been doing that for days. Oh, gosh. Uh, weeks at this point. Uh, and with that said, I just received word I am being sued by the Tony Awards Administration uh, Committee and personally threatened by Neil Patrick Harris. Luckily, I am not alone. I have people here to save me. One of them being is Mercy Warren, a lady who has danced all her life, jazz, ballet, and tap. She has performed on stage to many of these Mercy Bops that we will share with us today. And uh, I also kind of want to hear her rant or opinion on Richard Gere's tap dancing in Chicago. <laughs> Rounding out our ensemble is a couple that makes Bonnie and Clyde look like meek, scared little church mice who never did anything worse than stealing a loaf of bread. <laughs> they are Mr. and Mrs. Lawson. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have the same end they did. Anyway, so glad to have everyone back for this episode. I had a blast in part one, and I'm looking forward to part two. We have 16 new musicals to get into, so let's start the show. But before I do, I'd also want to say a quick thank, thank you and shout out to our VIP listener, Gladys, all the way from Germany, um, being our tiebreaker for this episode. Remember, you can be a tiebreaker too. Just get in touch with us. Facebook, Twitter, uh, rd3productions at yahoo.com. You can find us. It's pretty easy. All right. Uh, do we want to do intros or you guys want to just jump right in? Let's jump in. Jump in. Yeah. All right. So we have 16 new movies. Here we go. Number one is Fiddler on the Roof, which came out in 1971, uh, directed by Norman Jewison, uh, starring Topol, Norma Crane, Leonard Frey, and Molly Pecan. So United Artists brought in Norman Jewison because they thought he was Jewish. And the first words, and the first words he said upon meeting them were, uh, you guys know I'm not Jewish, right? So, also fun fact, to make Topai look older, because he was only 35 years old playing a 50-year-old to- uh, uh, Tevia. Tevia, thank you. Uh, they clipped white hair from Jewison's beard and applied it to Topol's eyebrows. Oh. <laughs> and it goes up against number two, Funny Girl, which came out in 1968, starring Barbara Streisand, Omar Sharif, Kay Medford, and Anne Francis. So, fun fact about this movie is a photo of Omar Sharif and Streisand kissing caused quite a stir and anger in Egypt. The Six-Day War had just happened pretty recently, and Egyptian media wanted Omar's citizenship revoked. When Barbara was asked about it, she responded, You think Egypt's angry? You should hear what my Aunt Sarah had to say. (laughs) (laughs) So that's... (laughs) I do. In the last episode's fun facts were some of my favorites, so... We have a lot more fun facts and trivia and opinions in this episode, so don't go anywhere. Mercy Warren, save me. As always, I'm super glad to be here. It's always fun when we can do the show live together, which we are doing today. Mm-hmm. So it's super good to be here with my friends and talking about some more musicals. Um, Fiddler on the Roof and Funny Girl. I would not classify either of these as like feel-good musicals. Like Fiddler on the Roof is actually quite depressing towards the end when they're being forced out of their homeland and they don't even try to fight just to like stay. They kind of just give up and go. I think about it, but then they realize yeah, it's the Russian it's, military. Yeah. Why would you get out of there? 
Yeah, she's kind of like sad and like he never fully makes up with his daughter that he got mad at for marrying someone who isn't Jewish when he made exceptions for the other two doing things that like marrying people outside of the, what the matchmaker wanted. So well, at the end, he like had a moment. Kind of. Kind of. It, wasn't, it wasn't good enough in my opinion. He's just like he mutters a thing like uh, totally got to be with her or something. And then the other daughter like tells yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like come on, you might never see her again. I still think I still think that's a big like it's a big deal now for some religions to like marry out other religions. Yeah. So I kind of I, I cut for Tebby a little slack there. But yeah, like <laughs> just it's just not like there's parts in the middle. Like I like the wedding scene. Very good. Yep. I was actually in a production filler on the roof in middle school, and I played a bottle dancer. But they literally just gave me a hat and glued a bottle on top of it. So it's not like it took much skill. Like it was literally just a hat with like a Coke bottle like glued on top of it. Um, another thing about Fiddler on the Roof is I, I've been watching Scott do the um, If I Were a Rich Man dance for like the last month of my life consistently. He did it while we were driving. To I just want to say that if there's. Like, I'm not talented in any way when it comes to, I, it's, My voices are pretty good sometimes, I think. But if there's one person I think I could play in any production anywhere I can get away with is that one song of Tevya. Just live like we're a rich man. It probably sounds different on audio, but in my head. It's, it's so much better in person. Did you do it yesterday, too? Well, like last Maybe night. once. Yeah, I think you. It's a fun impression. That dance is extra. our house, too. But anyhow, funny girl. Um, it is a good show, it has good music. Um, it, I wouldn't call it feel good at the end because like she doesn't realize that he's a con man or like if she does like she's just making excuses for him even though he continuously get, is getting further and further in debt and like at the end she finally realizes that like they're better separate separated but like it's good music it just it doesn't make you feel good at the end no. and I'm all about the feel good yeah they realize funny girl they they love each other Mm -hmm. they just like can't be with each other just they make each other like not good together i think exactly so So my mercy bops and i try to pick three for each show so some of these shows have way more than three good songs it's just i tried to pick three so fiddler um if i were a rich man obviously to life and then matchmaker and for funny girl um my my favorite song is don't rain on my parade then my second favorite song is Greatest Star, and then the um, one where they're at dinner singing like the I am man, I am woman. <laughs> like they're at like dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my fe- three favorite songs from both shows. Mrs. Lawson. Yeah. I'm glad we were able to get together. It's just to the listeners, like uh, us as couples don't really live <laughs> by each other. So when we get together to do these in person, it's kind of special. And we had such a good time doing it last time. So I wanted to create that spark again um i'm gonna do the budget and box office for the first round uh so fiddler on the roof uh did 83 million at the box office and had a budget of 9 million and then funny girl uh had a box office number of 59 million and a budget of 14 million so both made money at the box office um the pause. pause. I can add. I can add that part. Sure. Just in case. <laughs> Go ahead. No, you're good. I'm okay. sorry. I didn't want to. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> um, so I'm going to just touch uh, based on Funny Girl since it was the movie that I put on the bracket, but it was uh, Barbara Streisand's first film, actually. So it wasn't like you know she was doing stuff on Broadway, but it was her first like official film that she did. 
uh, which it's it's one of my favorite films that she did, uh, in my opinion. I'm not a big like Barbra Streisand person, like you know, as a person, but I do think she's one of the best. Uh, but you know, when people praise you so much, you probably so, like all of those songs that Mercy did. But I'll add um, things in the movie, my my man, um, but not not included in the Broadway show. But it was included in the movie, which I also like. Those are both funny girl songs, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. <Go> <laughs> Hi, this is Mr. Lawson. Uh, thanks for having me on. Just wanted to. Again, yeah, it's great to get together and do these, do it live, as some said in the past. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm not really Funny Girl, not my favorite movie of all time. Uh, Mrs. Lawson was ex excited for me to see it when we were dating. I thought it was okay. The music is really good. Barbara Streisand's a great singer. I'm just not a big fan of Barbara Streisand. And Omar Sharif, I'd rather watch him in like Horns of Arabia or, um, what's the other one he's in that's very good? Um, I can't think of it. I know. I'll think of it later. But Lawrence Arabia is one of my favorites with him. Um, but I'm a big fan of The Fiddler, which, if you guys don't know, is not really that much about a fiddler on a roof. It's no. not really a big part of the show. <laughs> I have a theory about that. Like, cause, can only Tavia, can, is he the only one who can see The Fiddler? Is like, Does The Fiddler not exist except in his mind? Yeah, I don't know. If, I, I kind of think that might be the case because, like, I don't, yeah, because at the end when he's following him, like he, like as they're walking away and going, like he's carrying the card, he can see the fiddler following him, but nobody else seems to notice the fiddler. Because you would think other people would like talk about that in yeah. town. Like, that would be a thing. They don't seem to have a lot to talk about based on some of the songs. Like one of the songs when they they like. Uh, Laser Wolf and the daughter were proposedly married. They're like basically, it's like it's something to drink about. Like it's like they're basically saying like there's really nothing going on in this small mm -hmm. little town. Yeah. But like a wedding is like something to get excited about. Oh, so yeah, the that's one of my bops. Yeah, like. that's a good bop. <laughs> so if there was a fiddler on the roof, I feel like that would be a pretty big topic <laughs> of conversation. Right. Um, Doctor Shivago was the one I was thinking of. Where um, yes, Omar Sharif is in, which yeah. is really good in that too. Yeah. Um, so those are my favorites with him. But yeah, I mean, I think Sunrise Sunset is one of my um, top songs. That was a song that was played at my wedding per um, Mama Lawson's request. Um, I love the dream sequence in Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, like the that like weirds ghost me out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know when they have to like kind of he tries to convince his wife, yeah. wife to like allow the marriage. <laughs> I think that's just really funny. Um, the wedding scene is great. When one of my favorite scenes is when the rabbi goes like, because. The one daughter marries kind of like a liberal, like mm -hmm. you know, going against the green kind of guy, and he like dances with a with a woman, which was forbidden. But then like Tevi asks the rabbi, and he's like, "Well, it's not strictly forbidden." And Tevi goes like, "There you go." <laughs> and it's like, and then like that kind of kicks off the scene, and yeah. so there's just. It is a sad, like, overall, it's a sad like, arc to the movie, but there are some very fun parts and some uplifting songs. The Taylor yes. has an uplifting mm -hmm. song, A Wonder of Wonders, It's Okay. Um, so, I mean, it's a really good movie overall. It is. It's a, it feels like a long movie, though. It is. The downers of it. That, it took us several days to watch the whole thing because it's three hours long. So Mercy and I had to space it out over a week and watch maybe 40 minutes at a time mm -hmm. just because it was long. But it was good. It was, it, it was um, I watched it for the first time with this bracket. And it was really good. Yeah, it's where it's at. So, so yeah. All right. Yeah, everybody, well done. as our opening two movies here. And uh, so as we get into voting, uh, Fiddle on the Roof, like we said, really good movie, long. Funny Girl, it is a good movie. It is. But matched up against Fiddler, it's kind of tough. Because yeah. the music's definitely better in Fiddler. Um, the acting was so great. Another fun fact I think I found was, I can't remember which lady it was. I think it was one of the daughters, or it might have been the uh, Tevia's uh, wife. She, 
Yeah, she actually found out she had um, breast cancer right as they started filming. And only a couple people knew. They kept it secret from the whole cast. And she passed away, I think, less than two years after the movie. Um, so I wish I would have written that down. But, um, I mean, to, just to be able to, to chew through all that and, and do as well as she did. And um, the rest of the cast, too, just great acting. So She was a great, like, sassy kind of, like, woman in that yeah. show, too. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's we get the, yeah, my vote will go towards Fiddle on the Roof. I feel like the first time I saw Funny Girl was also with Mrs. Lawson. When we were, really? Yeah, when we were college roommates. I feel like we watched yeah. it. It's only fair. You it is one her. of my favorites. Yeah, I feel like the first time I ever saw it was with Mrs. Lawson. Um, tough vote. I'm going to go for Funny Girl, though. Ooh, okay. Um, so just because I know the music and I feel like I grew up on this movie just like growing up I, I am going to throw my vote to Funny Girl although I think it's like a tough <laughs> tough vote <laughs> I'm going to vote for, t- for Fiddler um, and I'm, and I, so Tapia I mean he is kind of I agree it is tough at the end how he is with his daughter but I think overall it just kind of shows like a little bit of growth how at first he was like all about tradition which is a big song in the movie mm-hmm. and at the end he gradually kind of like lets that go a little bit and is able to you know move forward with his life as they move out of Russia, so. Yes. And so, I think last episode, we only had one tiebreaker at the very end. This episode, right off the bat. So, Gladys, thank you so much. You get to, uh, let's see, uh, Mercy has it pulled up here. Mercy, who is the winner? Um, so actually, Funny Girl is right above Fiddler on the Roof. So oh, Funny okay. Girl did yeah. it. Really? Cool. Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. So there we go. And I do have the IMDb scores written down. And if it had gone to IMDb, Fiddler would have won. So this is how you can affect, as I said before, affect the course of history. <laughs> Funny Girl moves on Mr. to the Mr. Lawson shaking his head. Wow. And I do want to say Gladys is, uh, she knows what she's talking about. She really does. Um, she's, uh, I respect her opinion when it comes to this. Um, so I feel like that's going to be controversial with a lot of listeners. It is. It's all yeah. a matter. Yeah, I think it's all opinion. Um, right. Yeah, Gladys in, in particular, though, does have a great musical background. Um, very, very talented. And uh, I think this might be um, one of our best, no offense to the other VIPs. But uh, this might be a, like a in, in this category, she's kind of an expert when it comes to music. She's probably seen all of these. Seen them? She might have even have acted or performed in some of them. Too. The other VIPs are very offended. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, funny girl moves on. Congrats. As we get into number three and number four, we have Little Shop of Horrors, which came out in 1986. Starring Rick Moranis, Ellen Green, Levi Stubbs, Levi Stubbs? Levi Stubbs. Levi Stubbs mm-hmm. of the Four Tops. He was the voice of uh, uh, Audrey, 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 Audrey Two. Yeah. And then some cameos by Steve Martin, John Candy, and Bill Murray. Uh, well, Steve Martin was in much of a cameo. He was, he was more of a game. Yeah, it was way a cameo he, star. He was like in it. Cameo yeah. plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the part of Audrey was originally offered to Cindy Lauper. She wanted to do it, but couldn't due to her recording slash tour schedule. Madonna was also considered before they decided to play it safe and stick with Ellen Green, who had played Audrey off-Broadway. So, Little Shop of Horrors goes up against number four, The Greatest Showman, which came out in 2017, starring Hugh Jackman, Michelle Williams, Zac Efron, Zendaya, and Keila Settle. Kiala Settle. Kiala Settle. It's fun letting me the names. <laughs> yeah, I probably... That's why we have him do it. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be the one doing that. <laughs> 
but Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey closed forever in 2017 due to decreasing attendance and ongoing mistreatment of animals. That is my unfun fun fact for that. <laughs> um, I think everybody here has probably been to a Barnum and Bailey circus at one point in their life, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Mercy Warren. Okay, so here's my take. Little Shop of Horror. Um, it's actually not a good movie, but it knows it's not a good movie. I actually picked this to be put it on the list because it, it knows what it is. It's not a good movie. It's like a B like list comedy yeah. slash murder sci fi about a plant alien plant that murders people. Like it knows what it is. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's a ball of cheese. Exactly. Like nice. is, is it an amazing movie? No. But like, is it a fun like ninety minutes or whatever? Yes, it has some bop and soundtrack. It has a bop and soundtrack with hits such as Downtown, Suddenly Seymour, or just like the theme of it, which I did dance to, by the way. Um, the theme is a very like catchy yeah. song. Mm-hmm. I think when every time I hear the Downtown, yes. And then, and Steve Martin is absolutely comedic genius as the dentist in that movie. Yeah, he's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't understand. All- Audrey's voice though like when she's because she has that like soft nasally voice but then when she goes to sing she has like a belty voice so belty and just like her <laughs> accent yeah it's weird yeah so like I don't mm-hmm. understand her singing voice fully but um it's a like I said it's it is what it is <laughs> like it's not an amazing movie but is it a fun 90 minutes yes Rick Moranis was a better singer than I thought he oh, would yeah. do I thought he'd be like I'm like how is he gonna do this <laughs> yeah. he's actually pretty good it was like, he's he always. just plays such a good like nerdy yeah. Yeah. guy yeah yeah, yeah, he's well cast. I was just, yeah, I was concerned about the singing. I was like, oh no, this could be good. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him props. Yeah, and then Greatest Showman, um, soundtrack, absolutely amazing. I love the soundtrack. In the movie, if you ignore, if you ignore history completely, it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. But the second that you actually start to read up on Barnum, P.T. Barnum as a person, or learn about like what he did to the, the, the axe in his shell, or how what he did to the animals, which the movie just glosses over and pretends like it doesn't exist, um, yeah, kind of makes the movie less impactful. So like, I mean, it's a good movie. It's just, you have to take it with a grain of salt because it's not historically accurate and it paints P.T. Barnum to be a better person than what he was in real life. But it has some bopping songs such as um, From Now On, This Is Me, and The Greatest Show. Like there's just, the whole soundtrack is solid. It's just, I wish it was a, in a movie about something else. <laughs> if that makes sense. What year did it come out? Uh, 2017. So it was, do you think it was the result of um, them shutting down the circus? Or do you think it was... I don't think so, because they probably started pr- production like in 2015, 2016, just the way that movies work and how long it, it might have taken to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably... Um, I wonder if they knew it was coming out. Maybe they tried to hold off just a little bit to keep it right. Because yeah. that's how I mean. Like they want to get as much money as they can. But um, I would think the movie probably helped expose a little bit because I didn't know how awful Peter was. That's how I was wondering if that yeah. like, the movie coming out like, almost led to its downfall. Yeah, or I hastened it a little. I don't yeah. know. Right. Yeah. Because like I didn't know until that movie came out like how horribly was the animals to his performers. And um, owned, owned a slave. Yeah, yeah. Killed some whales. He, he the was movie really, completely like yeah. pretty much glosses all over all that. Hugh Jackman is too likable. Right. That's to probably why Barnum. they like got him to do it. Yeah. Plus his like singing voice, but yes. Charlie just gloss over it more. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to see Zac Efron in a musical again. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do many of those. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, so I'm gonna pull a mercy and say. 
I've never seen the greatest showman. I don't know. I, this what? might be the first time that I pull like a mercy, like saying that maybe, I don't know, maybe early on I might have said something. Oh, I didn't see this. I, there might be one or two on this list that I've never seen, but this is one of them that I haven't seen, and I will fully admit. Um, and I know it has such a, like, a strong following for like the soundtrack and everything, but... Have you heard the music, though? I know that this is me song. I've heard that. I, I don't know why. we. I don't know why. We, we like never saw it. Yeah. So it has to be one that we have to put on our... Uh, our list but um little shop we did see recently and i've seen it before and i actually liked it more this time than the last time i saw it, like watching it as a little kid but um really like the music that the you'll be a dentist is probably like my favorite song and steve martin like he is he plays such like a scummy guy but you just like it's hard for me to like not like him just because of like who he is as a person um but i i liked the like three girls singing throughout the whole movie it kind of gave it like mm-hmm. a hercules vibes but <laughs> I know what you mean. yeah but i i i enjoy it i know it's like a big like i said a, a cheesy movie but it knows what it is it knows what it is as a show and i i enjoyed it so I'll get the box office for this one. So Little Shop of Horrors made $39 million, so not bad. Budget $25 million. Um, Greatest Showman killed it. It had $435 million, and it only had a budget of 84 so did wow. really, did really well. Um, but yeah, so Greatest Showman, look up, but the soundtrack is really good. Um, everyone kind of talks about that. And I think, the, like, from what I've seen, the visuals of the movie are really impressive, too. Like, there's really good, like... So there's some really good like dance scenes and there's some good like acro like they kind of show like the acrobatics of, of the circus stuff like that but yeah as as uh, mercy said earlier like i think honestly the, the movie came out and then people started reading about the truth behind pt barnum and he's just he was just a pretty terrible person he like like where did he like beat his like people in the in publicly the publicly yeah yeah he would beat them, he would beat them and just i mean just See, I agree. The, Hugh Jackman shouldn't really have played them, and you know he's too likable. He's too likable. He yeah. yeah. Um, I get the fact that it's a fun. I mean, it's, the circus is like a fun topic to like cover, but I, I wish they would have done something a little bit different. Um, if you can just like forget a, if you can just forget yeah. it, like it's like two different stories. Yeah. I was supposed like, to have like a thing at the beginning saying like this is completely mm-hmm. fictional. Yeah. Just like moved on and like moved on. Yeah. Um, they but, probably, you know, if it was me, like today, they probably would like put a little disclaimer. But dis- yeah, a difference of only five years. That's pretty crazy because I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. But, but I'm with Mercy on Little Shop. I think it's just a fun movie. Like it goes by very fast. Yes. Um, yeah, we watched it in one day, maybe two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, it's just the pace of it is very good. You don't feel bored the whole time. Mm-hmm. Singing's really good. There's no really like dance numbers to it, which I think is the biggest like flaw. And like, I mean, I see like, a little mm-hmm. bit of a dance number in the mm-hmm. musical. Sure. So it doesn't have that. At least it's not very deep. Um, I should mention the the Bill Murray part. It's just. <laughs> I would say like uncalled for. I mean, he basically, he basically had him get off on yeah. like pain. On pain. Oh, I did. I did read that was all improvised. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like all of that was so just, just him. I just like wish they would have had him do something else. I don't know. It's just a, it's just kind of a weird part of that movie that like isn't really kid friendly. So. Um, but other than that part, I don't know if this movie is kid friendly. Well, <laughs> it's it's funny, I saw it in theater, like I saw it in a in, in a, a as a play production theater yeah. when I was a kid. I was probably elementary, early middle school. They did it, it at our high school. They did it at yeah. my high school they too. They did it like when we were 
I don't know if you guys were still there, but I remember going to high school and seeing a production okay. of that. Yeah. I did too. Mm-hmm. I don't remember high school, but I, I do remember seeing it as a kid. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe they, they toned it down for kids or something, but I don't know. But like, I, the movie seemed a lot different from the play, though. It was fun seeing John Candy in it, and I was excited to see Bill Murray. I just kind of wish he, it just it just took me aback a little bit seeing him do that. But again, fun movie overall. So I was excited to Scott for the oh, movie. Thank you. I was a little surprised, yeah, with the Greatest Showman because it, I, I agree with Mercy Warren a hundred percent. It's not. Um, it's not historically accurate in any sense, you know. I mean, it, it really—if you brought the performers back today and they saw that, and you know, the whole thing about like we we want to do this, you know, in the movie, like this is us, we need to do this, they'd probably be like, yeah, that's all bull. Like he he treated this awful. Um, but this movie's really good, and it's kind of like you have to almost do the same thing with Michael Jackson. Like you know what Michael Jackson did, but you love his music. Same thing with this. Like I love this movie. I love the music. Um, it's it's really good, really catchy. So, um, and nothing against Little Hawks shot by horror, um, but Greatest Showman gets my vote. So, um, Greatest Showman, great soundtrack, like I said, Little Shop of Horror though. I mean, I know I said it's not a good movie, but like, it's just fun. And because of that, I'm gonna vote for fun here. Plus, I hate the circus. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> like, I low key hate the circus. Yeah. So, um, Little Shop of Horror gets my vote. I also have bad memories of the circus. <laughs> so, just not seeing the movie and not like, liking the circus. <laughs> I, I'm scared of clowns. That's my thing. I'm scared, but I just, you know, like, the smells. You know, the circus is just hot, smelly. I don't know. Anyways, so Little Shop of Horror gets my vote as well. I'm going for a little. <laughs> all right, a little surprised by that I was, but uh, that's uh, that's all good. So we will move on as uh, Little Shop moves on too. A couple shockers here. I really didn't see this. Yeah, yeah. Move on. yeah. Uh, well, hot takes. Hot takes. Indeed. <laughs> all right, we get into number five versus number six, and number five is the producers. As we talked about this one in the last yeah, uh, bracket, two thousand five. Make sure you mention that in there. Yes, I was going to say this okay. is the two thousand five version, starring Nathan Lane, Matthew Broderick, Uma Thurman, Will Ferrell, and Gary Beach. So Mel Brooks always wanted Nathan Lane to play Bialystok, but originally wanted Martin Short to play Bloom on Broadway. Short refused as he didn't want to move his family to New York, but he eventually did play Bloom in the L.A. production opposite Jason Alexander. Larry David famously did an arc about playing Bialystok on Kirby Enthusiasm, and it seems like Jason Alexander kind of follows in his footsteps on Broadway a little bit. Yeah, with that, with that fish, was that the one that the... He played, yeah, Larry David did a play on Broadway, and he was the original actor, and then Larry David yeah. took it over for him. Yeah. Like, yeah, I couldn't remember the name of it. I can't remember of it either. Yeah, I should have written it down, but um, I thought that was really funny that that ended up happening. So the producers goes up against number six, Guys and Dolls, which came out in 1955, starring Marlon Brando, Frank Sinatra, Gene Simmons, and Vivian Blaine. So Brando and Sinatra famously did not did not get along while filming, which is weird because we've had a lot of different movies where the actors did not get along. Yeah. So I wonder what it is with uh, musicals. But they literally divided the cast and crew into camps, a, a Brando camp and a Sinatra camp. So Brando, during the cheesecake scene in the beginning of the movie, would mess up on purpose take after take, which forced Sinatra to eat the cheesecake, which Frank Sinatra <laughs> hated. That's he hilarious. Did, he did that to the point of making Sinatra literally sick and throwing up. Wow. Yep. 
But Sinatra also sang Left Be a Lady Tonight in almost all of his shows going forward because he was insulted. Brando, uh, Marlon Brando sang it because he, uh, Frank Sinatra, wanted to play Sky Masterson, a role that he'd always dreamed about playing. Can I jump in real quick? That's, yes. That really bothered me. That was one of our questions. Like, yeah. why is he singing it? That's his song. That's his song. Yeah. And Marlon Brando sings it. And he That's what I was going to bring that up, he too. He does yeah. not do a... Great no. job of it. Sorry, I just, I, yeah, no, that, was, yeah, that was our question I was just like, too. Man, that's a, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, you know, like at least I thought they should have made that a duet, right? Like, why yeah. could Marlon Brando have sung a verse they, and then like kick it to Frank and Frank do it? Or they just switch roles? Or, or, <laughs> like, I think what was, honestly is uh, Bre- uh, Brando got along better with the director. And is from what I read, and so the director would take Brando's side on a lot of it. I'm kind of with Brando too. Yeah, and Brando, I forgot like watching the movies. I wouldn't think of Brando from The Godfather. I forgot he used to be really attractive, like objectively, he was really attractive. In the Both movie. of them, yeah, I would say. Frankie had a little yeah. bit more of that. He had, yeah, yeah. Sky it's his, is his cool voice. Characters. Yeah, and Sky is cool. So I mean, yeah. I'd probably be in the uh, the Brando camp myself personally. Um, Me too. But yeah, he, he was he was pretty hot. So I think they probably went with him for the. Uh, Mercy's just like dying over there. She's learning. She's like. Yeah. I can watch The Godfather anytime soon. It's going to be an awkward drive home. Well, Marlon Brando's weight also fluctuated a lot. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, when oh, yeah. he did that last like that movie with Volcom Market, like uh, um, The Island. Uh, Oh my gosh, what was that movie he did uh, with Mark, uh, with Val Kilmer at the end of his career? Like, and he also did like the Sting Two or something with uh, Edward Norton. Yeah. yeah, he was <laughs> Marlon Brando was not good at. Yeah, um, I digress. Mercy, sorry. <laughs> I forgot what I was saying. Anyways, <laughs> so the producers, I actually really do enjoy watching this show. I remember watching the movie the first time I seen it. I was with my grandma, and I just remember n- not understanding what it was because it was kind of everywhere. But um, it does have some really good songs. My favorite is We Can Do It when he's trying to convince um, Matthew Broderick's character yeah. into in becoming a producer. Yeah. Um, and then he sings that I Want to Be a Producer song, which I also like. That has like a fun dance number with it. And then If You Got It, when Ula sings, is pretty good. I just like at the end how he goes back and they go to jail together. Or he like joins him in jail Sing-sing. from Rio. Sing-sing. Yeah, mm-hmm. he joins him from Rio. So I mean, that's a nice little moment that they became friends. Springtime for Hitler is like crazy offensive and all over the place. So I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> but it was done that way. It was yeah. done on purpose. Well, I, know it's, I know it's supposed to be like that. Yeah. It does have a really good tap dance number, and though I will have to give that. Even though they like make like a swastika in their tap dance and are like, <laughs> I mean, it's Mel Brooks. Think of it as a Tibetan good luck charm, because <laughs> yeah. that's what it was at first. <laughs> I mean, I do have to say though, like. My theory, my how I feel about Kirby enthusiasm. Like I'm not like a f- hardcore fan of the show, but I will watch episodes. Larry David's just too awkward for me to be like a hardcore fan. But like I do have to say that arc is probably one of my favorites. That's, David that's my favorite season too. Mm-hmm. Season four. Still yeah. yeah, yeah. That might be my favorite like yeah, arc that, that they did. And the fact that Mel Brooks just like picks Larry David over like yeah, because yeah. yeah. he's like, produced. It's gonna be so awful. Well, it'll end the show. Yeah, yeah. he produced yeah. the producers. Yeah, so that was a brilliant. Yeah. yeah, guys and dolls. Um, I just watched it not that long ago, and th- that was actually my first time watching it, and it was. It was okay. It was just so long. I'm with you. It was a little long. It was just too long. It took us a long time to get through it, too. Yeah. Like, we got through it in one day, but it just felt like it dragged. Like, I wish it was shorter. And, like, I didn't really have any memorable songs or moments that, like, stood out to me in it. Like, I wrote down Luck Be a Lady, because obviously, but I do, like we discussed, 
Frank Sinatra should have sang it. I believe the two should have probably switched roles. Um, so Daniel Rock on the boat because that's probably the most iconic song yeah. besides Luck Be Your Lady. And then I just wrote Guys and Dolls. So what is, like, the, oh, how about Suni? Uh, oh, well, the best song from the play wasn't in the movie, right? Yeah. Like, well, like a lot of people's favorite song. So my grandma always used to sing me I Love You, A Bushel and a Peck, that yeah. song. That's, I, I knew and that that's song. from the Broadway show yeah. and it wasn't in the movie. Oh, I didn't know that. I know that song. I know it was from that show. Yeah, because my grandma used to sing it to me so I was really excited to hear that song and I was really sad when it wasn't in the movie. Who sings it in the show? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I can get you that information. <laughs> so we actually saw the producers, uh, Mr. Lost and I, at the, in the theaters back in 2005 and I remember really liking the dancing and the music but the story and like the acting itself I wasn't really a fan of. Wow. I know like I know those like Nathan Lee and Matthew Broderick they were like original to the show on Broadway right mm-hmm. so maybe it was I thought they were really good I think Will Ferrell kind of bothered me he a wasn't lot. in the Broadway yet he no yeah I know they I know they were probably just trying to get like big names yeah. to do the movie and Uma Thurman too oh five that was like Will Ferrell like, yeah like, that was his yeah. that was his like hot yeah. spot yeah but I, like I said, I really liked the dancing and the music, and actually Springtime for Hitler is like one of my favorite songs from the <laughs> yeah. show, but just see what the dancing and that included together, I, I enjoyed it. So, guys and dolls, oh my gosh. So, we're both laughing because... Um, our kid. Our, our, yes. So... They, they made us like watch like certain scenes of this movie over and over again. Um, our child became really uh, into like musicals as we were doing like research for this podcast. Very good. So we've seen uh, the Sue Me, like that mm-hmm. song, about maybe like, I don't know, like 20 times. <laughs> At least. And then the dancing scene when they're in. Um, Havana. Havana with Marlon Brando and the lead actress. Mm-hmm. I call her the Audrey Hepburn look-alike. <laughs> that they, tried to, they wanted to get Audrey Hepburn, but they got this lady instead. Um, we've seen that probably twenty times too because she really, they really enjoy like dancing to the watching the movie. And so then, like uh, the Nathan Detroit song in the barbershop too. We oh, saw yeah, that like, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> yes. the Frank Sinatra So uh, this was my first time watching it, and I think it like made me like it even more because um our child enjoyed it too but um i personally uh i don't know if this is gonna be a hot take i frank sinatra is not a good actor in this movie i agree, I agree. <laughs> his, his lines like you can tell they're so forced and like he's just like reading like i it really bothered me i mean his singing made up for it completely like i was like okay like but acting was awful like not awful but close to awful he he wasn't playing nathan he didn't become nathan detroit he was like yeah he was frank sinatra he was yeah exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah, but the people like you could tell they were trying to carry him Mm -hmm. yes i don't yeah i mean i like frank sinatra but his Acting it was just not not great. Oh, I agree. <laughs> it's not that was his first movie. He did right. a lot of movies. Right. Right. Yeah. He, and fun another fun fact: Frank Sinatra was actually supposed to be in Die Hard um, because it was he, he had <laughs> really? the first rights. Yeah, he had the first rights to play uh, John McClane in Die Hard. Oh wow, that would be horrible. That would yeah, be a completely oh, different yeah. movie. So, yeah, the original screenplay for Die Hard was supposed to be back like made in the seventies or eighties or early 
early 80s. But by that point, um, it was called a different name, but Sinatra was too old by that point to play Calvin Klein. So. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe stick to singing. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. I'm with you on the acting. Uh, so I'm going to do the box now for office numbers. So the producers was a flop. Um, really? just, yeah, just like the actual show. Ooh. Box office numbers only $39 million, which is surprising. I thought it was a lot higher than that. The it only, it was at a budget of $45 million. So it actually kind of like lost money or at, at the most, like maybe broke even after like, you know, DVDs or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't very successful. Um, obviously it was a 2005 version. And the Guys and Dolls had a budget of $7 million and only made $5.5 million. So we have two kind of flops going against each other at the box office. Wow. I'm, I'm surprised Guys and Dolls also, you think just Frank Sinatra being in a movie would like boost the box mm-hmm. office? I don't know, like Marlon Brando. Too. And Marlon Brando. Right. right. Well, yeah. he might not have been as big of a name. Well, maybe not as yeah. big back then. Right. But I, I, yeah, I just, I mean, honestly, 2005, I kind of like it. I, I thought it was a fun movie. Um, Will Ferrell, it didn't really bother me. He wasn't I, in it that much. You know, he's only, yeah. he was only in there for like four scenes. I think his acting in that movie wasn't, I kind of went to it. It wasn't the best. Right. But I just was happy to see Will Ferrell at that time. I was like, oh, it's Will Ferrell. All fun. Mm-hmm. So that was, I mean, Nathan Lane is one of my favorites. Like, yes. I love him in almost everything he does. Yes. So I thought it was actually a, a pretty decent remake of a, I don't know if it was like necessarily needed. But I thought it was a pretty good, I thought it was a decent update to it. I don't think it did anything like groundbreaking that like, made it like so amazing, but I thought just overall it was like a pretty good update. Um, yeah. So that was my thought on that. And then Guys and Dolls, yeah, we saw that movie, some bits, <laughs> some parts of that movie a lot. Um, We're like done with the movie, and our <laughs> child still requests songs, yeah. certain <laughs> parts of the movie. I thought Marlon Brando did a great job in it. I was, yeah. I, I, I hadn't seen him like in another movie where he was that young, right. and I was just like very surprised at how good he was. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought he really carried the movie. Um, the fight scene in Havana, by the way, oh is God. probably one of the most hilarious <laughs> scenes. I was just like throwing punches. I mean, yeah, and the fact that like the off-brand Audrey Hepburn like, slaps like a, like, a, like a big guy. Punches, yeah. And he just like yeah. goes down. Yeah. And she like throws a chair across the room. And, and the one lady just slides. Like, it's just yeah. it's very over it's the like, top. It's kind of over the top ridiculous fight scene that's yeah. not supposed to be ridiculous. Uh, but, yeah, like, yeah there's some really like funny parts in it and then it kind of drags up. Okay. Yeah, well said everybody. And as we get into voting here, um, shockingly too, I hope this doesn't come to a tie because I don't want to, I do not want to reveal, I mean, eventually I don't want to reveal these IMDb scores because these are two of the lowest rated <laughs> IMDb scores. So we'll, oh, we'll have no. our tiebreaker. But um, my vote's going to go to the producers. I saw the 2005 version before I saw the Gene Wilder version, which came out, I think, in the 60s or 70s. Yeah. And, like, I, the 2005 version was just so much better, in my opinion, than that. Nothing against Gene Wilder, but it was it was just so much better. The music, Nathan Lane just, like, was... I, I can't see him in almost any other role right now except for Bialystok. So, uh, producers, this is my vote. Um, producers will be my vote as well. I'm going to throw a vote for Guys and Dolls. Uh, I'm gonna go with the producers. As much as I love those certain scenes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very good uh, producers. Uh, if we go into the later rounds based on IMDb scores, gonna get knocked gonna out. Gonna be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but for now, I'm I'm happy to see you move on. All right, so we get into the uh, end of the first half of this bracket, and we see number seven, Chicago, which came out in 2002, starring Renee Zellweger, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Richard Gere, Tay Diggs, John C. Riley, and Queen Latifah. 
Wow, big so, cat. Some good yeah, good ones here. I think uh, Lucy Liu. She oh, Lucy Liu. She also made a cameo. She wasn't really a star. Yeah. Right. But um, the role of Billy Flynn was offered several times to John Travolta. Um, but he turned them all down every single time. Thank goodness. What was interesting was this ended up being the fourth time Richard Gere took a role after John Travolta, John Travolta rejected it. The other three films he, he got when Travolta declined were American Gigolo, Officer and a Gentleman. Oh, thank God that for that one too. <laughs> and then Days of Heaven. Heaven. I'll to that one. But for any of these ones, though, John Travolta later said he did regret turning down Chicago after seeing it and Richard Gere there. Officer and Gentleman would have been a disaster. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I cannot picture it. Like, that would have made it into a comedy with John Travolta. Yeah, that would have been horrible. So it goes up against number eight, the all-time classic Wizard of Oz, which came out in 1939, starring Judy Garland, Frank Morgan, Ray Bolger, Bert, Lord, Bert Lair, Jack Haley, Billy Burke, and Margaret Hamilton. Um, a couple fun facts about this one. It is, according to IMDb anyway, it is the most watched film in movie history. Uh, Over the Rainbow ranked number one uh, by American Film Institute in 2004 as the greatest song in American film. And also really quick, just wanted to say that there was a, because this is a testament to the 30s, um, where they could get away with things then that they couldn't get away with now because there was a ton of health issues while filming. So Ray Bolger had a reaction playing the Scarecrow. Buddy Epson, who was cast to play the Tin Man first, had an allergic reaction to the world, to the aluminum dust that got into his lungs and he almost died. He almost suffocated wow. and died. Mm -hmm. So Jack Haley, uh, who replaced him, wasn't told what happened to him like, as he started filming. <laughs> oh, and he, yeah, he just found that he, he had replaced him. So the poppy field scene where they're covered in snow was actually 100% industrial grade asbestos. Asbestos. Asbestos, thank you. Uh, Bert Lair's lion costume weighed 90 pounds and was soaked after each day of filming, making him sick from the 100 plus degree heat and how much he sweated while in the costume. And it was made out of an actual lion pelt. That, that's true, yeah, it was actually that. And then Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch, caught on fire during one of the she scenes did. from her makeup. And she was only supposed to be there for a couple weeks and ended up being there for the entire production of the movie. Um, and I think she was cheated out of her pay, too. She wasn't, like, compensated for the extra work she put in. So uh, I think at one point, Judy Garland was taken aside and slapped by the director because she had the giggles. And you can actually still see in one of the scenes, I think it's when she's wiping the tears off the line. She uh, has a red mark on her face from getting slapped by the director. So really dangerous film <laughs> from The Wizard of Oz. I know I have another aunt who, uh, I think this is her favorite film of all time. She has a ton of collectibles. Um, we actually went to school with someone, I'm not going to say that, but who was a relative of the Wicked Witch of the West. And really? All right, where's your Okay, so funny story about Chicago. My high school put this on back when I was a senior. Um, I was actually given a speaking role of one of the Merry Murderesses of Cook County, the one that says Pop. But I was the worst, I was like the worst murderist you could imagine. <laughs> like, my, the theater was like, the theater teacher was even like, what are you doing? Because I couldn't get through my lines without laughing. So I ended up just being a dancer in the background because I couldn't get through saying how I shot my husband without like completely losing it. <laughs> so a little fun story about my days in the theater. If she ever shoots me someday, people, she will be laughing as well. 
Because <laughs> like, oh, well, the reason I was in the show was to dance, and they gave me a speaking reason. I mean, they knew what they were getting into, letting me talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Chicago is a good show. has some amazing choreography. Um, I really love... It's hard for me to pick my favorite number in Chicago. Cell Block Tango is probably my favorite, because I absolutely love that choreography, especially the choreography with them going, telling how they killed their husbands is making my That's favorite good. part. That's a good one. A lot of warnings here, people. A lot of warnings. <laughs> or um, when they're doing Razzle Dazzle, and they're making the courtroom like seem like a circus, which I know I said I hated circuses. But um, in this case, like they turned the courtroom into a spectacle. And then all that jazz at the very beginning is really good. But I do have to say, pretty much everybody in this movie is the absolute worst. They are all they are all horrible people. Except for Roxy's husband. Yeah, the husband's not yeah. that bad. Kind of, because like, he turns on her so quickly, so too. But he lies for her in the beginning, Yeah, too. he tries. Yeah. But then, yeah, and then he... Yeah, but then all Roxy cares about, she like shows no remorse for murdering this guy. No remorse whatsoever. All no she one wants, shows remorse no. for murdering. No. Like, no. it actually yeah. did it. Yeah. yeah, all she wants... All she wants is her picture in the paper, and the second that this trial's over and somebody else shoots somebody and, like, the reporters are paying attention to them, she's like, don't you want to take my picture? Like, yeah. Yeah, no, everybody in that show's the worst. But it has some really good music and some awesome choreography. Um, Wizard of Oz, I don't think of it as first and foremost a musical. It is a really good music. It is a very, very good movie. I mean, it's a classic movie. Everybody has seen it. But I wouldn't consider it first and foremost a musical. Like it definitely has songs in it, but I'd, like when I think of musicals, my brain doesn't automatically go to Wizard of Oz. Well, is that because like maybe because it came out in the '30s, and so musicals would have been different from then? I mean, like, you judge it by <laughs> how musicals are today. That could be I, part I, of I, it. I had, I had the same conversation, like thinking about this movie. I'm like, I don't think it's a musical either. But then I'm like, maybe it is because of the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but I feel like it's like a musical at the beginning that just kind of stops being one. Like I forget, like they stop putting songs in it. There's actually some songs that were cut because there should have been some. There, there was like a dance scene called the Jitterbug that was originally filmed, and it's like an extra that you can find on like YouTube. Well, I'm gonna say some controversy here. I did not like the Wicked Broadway show, which is the continuation of Wizard of Oz. I've never seen it. I liked. It. I liked Wicked. I, I liked Wicked. I'm in the minority, and my mom also. Me and my mom like after the show, we were just like, we didn't like that at all. But I think everyone else is like. People love Wicked. I just was not a fan. How come you didn't like it? I just didn't. I, know, I just didn't. The songs were okay. Mm-hmm. The story, I think, starts out really good, and then it just loses mm-hmm. at the end to me again. It's of based the, off of a book, and it's really funny. Well, they're like, all based off books. Yeah. Well, the Wicked book, though, if you read it, same like, thing. Like the, the beginning of it. Yeah, and the show definitely disnifies it. Yeah. One of the first episodes of South Park, I think, I ever showed Mercy Warren was the Broadway Throwdown, <laughs> where that's. So, like, episode that I hate the most of <laughs> South Park. <laughs> what it says it makes women do in, uh, when they see Broadway shows. It's like, it was actually wicked 48 times. <laughs> but if I did have to pick my favorite songs from The Wizard of Oz, I'd pick Over the Rainbow. But the, the entire scene where they're in Munchkinland, I counted as one song. Yeah. So, it, Munchkinland. It all flows together. Yeah, and then... Um, Medley. This isn't really a song, but when the guards are like outside going, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> that's not really a song, but I'm going to count it. <laughs> I have from pretty similar takes to uh, Mercy on both of these. Uh, both really good movies. We've seen Chicago in Broadway form and the movie. And at the courtroom scene that you're like talking mm-hmm. about where like I like the meaning behind it because he's like trying to talk around and like 
um, make his point, but mm-hmm. he really has none. But it's like you know yeah. he's creating a circus just because of him being a shoddy lawyer. But anyways, um, really good dancing. I, is it Bob Fosse dancing? Yes. Yeah, so that's Bob Fosse choreography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we have another uh, movie that has Bob Fosse choreography as well. Stay Coming up. <laughs> So, but yeah, Wizard of Oz, I have a similar feelings. Like, I love the movie. I also have an aunt that is obsessed and loves that movie. It's like her favorite. Um, but just don't think of really as a musical. Um, but both really good movies. Okay, I'll give you the box office numbers real quick. So, Chicago, big success. Uh, $307 million it made at the box office. Budget of only $45 million. And it did win Best Picture. Uh, which I'll get to in a second. It and did. then Wizard of Oz had a $30 million budget, uh, box office, only made, only had a $3 million budget, so 10 times. Yeah. So yeah. obviously the the fact that it was like one of the first movies in color, um, I mean, now that kind of loses like the impact of it. I, I still think it's cool when it like, switches from black and white to color. Exactly, I was just gonna say, yeah. that probably was, they probably blew people's minds when that happened back then. Yeah, I think yeah. that was really cool when to see in the theaters. Uh, but I just want to reach you, this is the 2003 Oscars. So Chicago won Best Picture over Gangs of New York, The Hours, The Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and The Pianist. Um, wow. Other movies that, that year were, were Frida, Eight Mile, and Road to Perdition. So um, there were some good, like, solid movies that year, and that won Best Picture. Um, so I can't decide, is Richard Gere, he was good as, like, overall in that role, but... His singing, I thought, was kind of not that great. Yep. Oh, yeah. What was your tap dancing take? Oh, thank you for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was reading that he took, what, three months of tap lessons. Um, you really can't tell because they barely, they don't focus on his feet very often. And that's probably for a reason because he can't tap dance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all he does is, like, stomp around. And the sounds that are coming. I'm thinking they may have, might have like dubbed over his tapping because the sounds that are coming from his tapping are, don't match what he's doing with his feet. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like uh, Queen Latifah, great casting. Yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones can really actually, she actually can dance. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ernie Zellweger, I didn't really, I kind of liked her in that role, honestly. I'm not a huge fan of hers, but I thought she liked that pretty well. Right. Richard Gere, like, I get him for the overall vibe of the character. He matches, mm-hmm. like, that. But the singing and the dancing for him was just, I was like, ah, this isn't fantastic. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I'm not a huge Renee Zellweger fan either. I can tolerate her in this movie. And her dancing was okay, but when you, they, like, at the end, when she's dancing next to Catherine Zeta-Jones, Catherine Zeta-Jones yeah, outdances yeah. her, yeah. outdances her by a mile. Right. But actually, really, like, I think Chicago was like, I'm glad it won Best Picture. I think it's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, John C. Riley, by the way, has a very small role in that movie, yes. but crushes it. I think he's just does such such a good job in it. He has one of my favorite songs, yeah. uh, Mr. Cellophane. Yeah, I think he just like you don't really see him in a dramatic role too often. I thought he was fantastic in it. Um, so yeah, Wizard of Oz. I was yeah, because we said earlier, I'm not really sure if it's a musical or not. I'm kind of torn mm-hmm. on it, so I'm not really sure I'm going to vote. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's funny because it, it, Chicago to me is kind of almost the opposite of uh, Greater Stillman, where you really do hate the people in there because, yeah, there's not a likable character, maybe John T. Riley in that movie, but they don't play that role really well. And it's so tragic when the uh, the Lithuanian or the uh, Russian girl is uh, executed. And yeah. um, I think she was like the first. She's the only innocent one. Yeah. yeah. She was innocent. Yeah. She's yeah. the only one. Yeah. I don't think she was the first woman executed by the in the U.S. Uh, like the during the um, John Wilkes Booth uh, 
uh, Abraham Lincoln assassination, there was a woman uh, in Chicago, I think, in the state of Illinois, I believe she was the right, first. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it was like she was the first person executed there, and um, it was actually all based on a true story, Chicago, which is pretty crazy. Um, I mean, obviously inflated for Hollywood. Um, it's a, actually a tougher vote than I would have thought. I mean, naturally, I want to give my vote towards Wiz Wizard of Oz, but the the music is kind of it's so different. The, both these movies are so different. Um, I'm just gonna say, gun to my head, though, I'm gonna give my vote towards Wizard of Oz. Um, since we're taking this by musicals, um, I'm gonna go for Chicago, just because I couldn't do, do the show justice that it that it so deserves. The movie definitely did. So. Wait, I missed. How did you kill your husband, or what? Oh, I was the one that says pop at the beginning, oh, like, okay. and I shot my husband, but like. I fired two warning shots into his head. Like, <laughs> he had it coming. Yeah. I was like too chipper and would always start like smiling. And they're like, you're a terrible murderer. Like, well, yeah. I'm like, I've never been in a show before. Like, you don't give me speaking roles. This you, is what, you put me in the back and let me dance. This is why I started this podcast in general. Uh, just so we had uh, Mercy Warren on, on record uh, with all these different things. So people, uh, I did not do it myself. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't have a comment. Yeah, my vote goes to Chicago. I like both of these movies. My vote is going to go to Chicago. I think it's um, more entertaining to watch, and I also like Mercy like to watch entertaining musicals. Yeah, if this wasn't like if the category wasn't musicals, I'd probably vote for Wizard of Oz because it's just like an all-time great. But I'm going to go Chicago because I agree with Mercy Warren. Um, Chicago just has like it's pretty much like nonstop mm -hmm. good songs. There's only there's only a couple of songs that I think aren't bops, as you would say. So. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. really good. So many bops. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think we lost about uh, three quarters of the audience right there. People upset <laughs> with the Wizard of Oz. Probably people older than us though too. But uh, hey, uh, this is a millennial podcast. People, sorry. <laughs> Uh, so as we get into the second half of this bracket, we have number nine, Cabaret. This just brought everybody back, hopefully, you know, because that, that generation, you know you love this movie, which came out in 1972, starring Liza Minnelli, Michael York, Helmut Grimm, I probably definitely said that wrong, Helmut Grimm, uh, Joel Grey, <laughs> and uh, Marcia Marisha Berenson. So uh, many of the interior of the film were done in Munich on sound stages that had recently been vacated by Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which was on our last bracket. And as an uh, ode to our VIP listener, Miss Gladys, I would like to say that a fun fact about Willy Wonka is that in Europe, a snozberry could be another term for a male appendage. So when Charlie's grandpa is really getting into tasting that wallpaper in Willy Wonka, you wonder... <laughs> <laughs> if it was some kind of inside joke, because it's still debated today, but Heather uh, Rold, uh, I'm sorry, author uh, Rold Dell, Rold Dell, thank you. <laughs> he has a very, of Willy Wonka, he has a very sick sense of humor, according to many people who knew him. So uh, go back and watch that. It's, it's pretty creepy knowing that fact. And then another reason probably everybody hates Crampa Joe. Oh <laughs> Never think of that the same. I know. It's a little like, you zoom in, like he's, ooh, he, he loves those snozberries. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so weird to go from that to this, but number 10 is <laughs> Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> which came out in 1968, starring Dick Van Dyke, Sally Ann Howells, Lionel Jeffries, and Benny Hill is in there. Fun. So, um, 
Let's see here. Dick Van Dyke found out that during filming, he had arthritis throughout his entire body. He was told that within five years, he would, he would not be able to move without the help of a cane or a wheelchair. Uh, the doctor was proved wrong as Dick Van Dyke, as of this recording, is still alive today and he kept going with his career for another six years. He's like known for like, like he is known for exercising and like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, think, I think like people just said he's at a gym like, he's in his like upper like mid 90s. Oh yeah, 90s easy now. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. in, in this recording of 2022. So how wrong were they? Yeah, that's amazing too and it's even more amazing because apparently, uh, I think he said he spoke Another trend back in the 50s and 60s is Dick Van Dyke smoked up to 40 cigarettes a day. <gasps> so, yeah, apparently during the two fruit uh, scene, two fruit, or two fruit scene. Two sweets. Two sweets, thank you. And I grew up with this movie and I can't even. I've had a couple beers at this point, two people. So, excuse me. <laughs> Mercy Warren. <laughs> Okay, so Cabaret, if you're looking for a fun, feel-good musical, this is not it. <laughs> um, but I do have to say, for a show that was 30s developed... 30s, <laughs> But I do have to say, for a show that takes place in the 1930s and was filmed in the early 70s, it is pretty progressive in the views that it takes. Yes. Like, it addresses abortion, it addresses homosexuality. There's just a lot going on. Plus, as the movie goes on, it becomes more and more um, evident that the Nazis are starting to invade. So, like, it just gets darker and darker as the show goes on. And, like I said, it's not a feel-good show whatsoever. But it does have some good music. Yes. Um, cabaret. The song Cabaret, obviously. My favorite, personal favorite song is Mine Hair. And then, like, I don't have, like, a... Maybe Welcome In would be my third favorite. Oh, maybe maybe this time. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good one, that's too. That's one of my favorites. And this is a Fosse show as well. <laughs> and I've never been a huge fan of Fosse. I know that's, like, a, a horrible dance thing to say. And, like, <laughs> former dancers everywhere are probably cringing because <laughs> he's, like, our god. But, um, yeah, I've never been a huge fan of Fosse. To me, his choreography is just very, like very repetitive on itself and it's a lot of like just the same like moves over and over again and with just a lot of like breaks and sharp movement so like Fosse is not my personal favorite but I really do like the choreography to mine hair it's just this movie's just not happy like in the scene where the dog dies and oh, oh I know the, no, yeah. Yeah. I forgot like no matter I'm not gonna make a joke about the Nazis but I mean just like how they can do that to the dog, and then like, if she knew the people yeah. like they're outside her house protesting, you know, the, the Jewish lady, like, why wouldn't she lock her gate? Because then, uh, what's a guy who wasn't Jewish and came back later, or he was Jewish, yeah. and he was just able to get right up to her house, and like, yeah, he, wouldn't you lock your gate after the Nazis killed your dog? Yeah, he yeah. was lying oh, yeah. about being Jewish because he didn't want people to know he was Jewish because right. the Nazis were, like, coming in. Chi Chi Bing Bing, I actually just saw this movie for the first time not long ago. I, it's not one. It's not one I grew up watching. I do have to say, if you do want something that's happy and feel good, um, Chi Chi Bing Bing is probably the movie for you. Um, it reminds me, Dick Van Dyke reminds me a lot about his character in Mary Poppins, just without the bad accent. Well, that was done on purpose because they brought in the same exact writers and producers of mm -hmm. Mary Poppins, and they tried to get Julie Andrews to be um, uh, Miss Truly. Yeah. Um, but she turned it down. She would turn down roles randomly without reason. Um, but they designed the role for her, and the actress who replaced her in the movie was actually played her on Broadway or mm -hmm. in a show on Mary yeah. Poppins, I believe. Oh. So, yeah. So my they, Fair Lady. Yeah, she was. Yeah, My Fair Lady. Oh, My Fair Lady. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. She did that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I've had the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang song stuck in my head since. Yeah. I'll just <laughs> randomly be going, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we, we love, love you. Chitty Chitty Bang Yeah, I'll start randomly singing it. So that song has been stuck in my head for, and probably will be for the rest of my life. Um, I do have to say, if I was younger and saw this movie for the first time, that snatcher would have me terrified. Yeah, there's some scary parts of it. With, like, his long, slender nose and the way he... Ugh. Yeah, I could, <laughs> that would have freaked me out as a child. Um, so my songs are Chee Chee Bang Bang, obviously. The U2 song he sings to his kids at the beginning in the mule bamboo scene. There's some good choreography in it. Like, it's just... And Dick Van Dyke can move when he did the mule bamboo oh, yeah, song. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, I'm a big fan of this. Choreography-wise, this might be my favorite movie with him, choreography-wise. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was a good movie. Worth a watch. It's about a flying car. Or <laughs> <laughs> right, in a car that like floats on the ocean, but then I was pissed off at the end to find it was all a story. Yeah, that was actually controversial. Yeah, because they debated whether or not to make that an actual part of the movie or to make it a dream, dream sequence, and it was filmed sequence. to be uh, dream. I'm sorry, dream sequence. <laughs> sequence. Um, it was it was filmed to be real and like canon in the movie, mm-hmm. and then they switched it at the last minute and did I think a, a couple of retakes or something. And they made it as just a giant uh, dream, which I did not agree with. I wish they would have just left it as it's real, it happened in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was a little disappointed by that. Yeah, with you. Or, I mean, I feel like maybe I'm just a mean, cold-hearted person, but at the beginning with those kids in the car, I'd be like, your children, you don't need a car, and just let the car be sold. So, <laughs> so I probably would have sidestepped the whole movie that way. Because why do two kids need a car that the dad's never, would, like, never even going to drive? Yeah. I would have just been like, you don't need a car, your children. <laughs> Go to school. Like. <laughs> this is awesome. So, so Cabaret was like my choice to put on the bracket. Um, yes, this is definitely not a happy movie. I picked it solely on the music and the fact that I like Liza Minnelli so much in this movie. But um, just going back, I forgot like how sad it is. Yeah. My goodness. Um, but still a good movie. If you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. Just uh, just no going in. It's not a happy movie by any means. So remember when I said that there were two movies that uh, I haven't seen? <laughs> Chee Chee Bay Bang is the other one. Fallen <laughs> Other Mercy. So... I don't, but uh, I like Dick Van Dyke. Um, I don't know. Person, I, I, well, I watched the trailer. Uh, pull another Mercy. I watched the trailer. Um, just didn't look that like appealing to me watching it. Not, I, I'm it's just going to be brutally honest. It's a weird movie. It is a weird oh, it trailer. Is. So um, I don't. Yeah, I'm going to throw it to Mr. Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so box office for Cabaret. Uh, 45 million, 43 million dollars at the box office. Only had a six million dollar budget, so That's pretty good. Yeah, made some money. I'm with uh, Mercy. It was really progressive. I thought I was really impressed by that back in the seventies. Um, Chee Chee Bang Bang, seven point five million dollar budget. Our box office only made ten or had a ten million dollar budget. So seven point five at the box office, wow. ten million dollar budget flopped. Yeah. So and I can kind of see why because. As Bertha pointed out, like there's some scary moments, which I think aren't really that kid friendly, right. and some of the songs aren't really that kid friendly. I mean, it's it's a different movie. Like the first yeah. half of that movie, it took such a different 
direction in the second half. Like the first half of the movie, if they would have continued along that route, would have probably been up there with Mary Poppins. I really believe that. But they took such a nosedive in the second half of that movie with yeah. the Snatcher and all that, and like the kids like hiding in the caves, and it was just like it, it was just not really well written. And I, I watched this movie probably a hundred times when I was like five. Um, and it was one of my favorite movies <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, yeah, I watched it as a kid too. Yeah. It was just because the car was really cool, yeah. and it could like go with the water. It just like the soul of the car was interesting, and Dick Van Dyke is fun, yeah. and it's just so. But yeah, I went through the end of the movie. Kind of is just weird. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of see why it didn't do so great at the box office. Mm-hmm. Um, Cabaret. I mean, like. That would be an interesting almost like remake, honestly, at this point. Like maybe. Like I just think it'd be I think so. Like, it could just be like a like if they updated that. Liza Minnelli is actually, I think, really fantastic. Yes. In this role, yes. Yeah, and I'm not a big fan of hers like overall. But in that role she's fantastic. Um so I think it's pretty cool I'm gonna go, but I'll leave it to Scott. Okay. Yeah, as we get into voting here, it's actually a little bit tougher than I would have liked. Um Cabaret too, another interesting thing about that. I uh, I didn't want to steal uh uh, Mrs. Uh, Lawson's uh, fun fact or anything, but I think um, the actress whom Liza Minnelli, I'm sorry, not the actress, the person who Liza Minnelli portrayed was a real person. And after that movie came out, she only lived a couple more years afterwards, but she said after it came out, like she was shocked how many people wanted to know how much sex she had and during her time in the 30s. Because she's like, don't you want to know about the Nazis taking over or anything? Like the historical aspect? Yeah. Like, yeah. no, we just want to know about the abortion and all the, 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 you know. So yeah, I'm sure she was probably disappointed by that. Um, you know, I had my mind made up going into this, and I do like the music probably in the first half of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang better. There are some fun songs at the beginning. Yeah, but I agree. Like, I'm going to give my book to Cabaret, and my seven-year-old self right now is probably kicking me from the past. Like, how can you do this? But Cabaret is a better uh, movie, um, you know, really progressive for its time, and so the music is really good, though, too. Right? So I will give my book towards Cabaret. I do have to say, I probably won't watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang ever again. Um, it just wasn't good. Like, I mean, like, it was okay. The, the toot sweets thing. Like, and the, beginning, the beginning of the movie. The children are the most annoying movie children I've ever seen in my life. Like, there's some fun yeah. scenes, but, like, over and all, I probably won't ever see it again. If you want your child to have a fun song stuck in their head and make you watch a scene, watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, maybe we'll all have Because she will make you watch it, like, 50 times in a row, because that is the most, like, addictive. <laughs> song will be in my head it, for the rest it, of my it, life. It reminds me of Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, and I like yeah. it a lot better, honestly. Honestly, I agree. Bed Knobs yeah. and Broomsticks, I, I like that better, too. Friend. Angela Lansbury. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think it's funny that Cabaret is following right after Wizard of Oz, because Liza Minnelli is um, Judy Garland's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, that's just like a fun little callback to the Wizard of Oz we just discussed. My vote's going to go to Cabaret. I'm also going to vote for Cabaret. I just think... I. Uh, you know, just not seeing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I don't know if I would like it as much as Cabaret. I just you won't. Gr- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I vote for Cabaret. I don't know if like, my parents also like pushed like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang as being like a fun thing. My, yeah, my parents well, probably, did not. Probably as a kid, I probably fell asleep halfway into the movie, so I didn't see the, yeah. the second half. They probably like, were scared of that guy with the big nose. Yeah, I don't know. No, they kind of pushed it to being a fun. I mean, so I'm gonna vote Cabaret, but. First half, Chi Chi Bay Bay is fun, but then probably we expect it to go poorly after that. 
All right, so Cabaret moves on to the next round. So as we get into the next round here, we got number 11, Grease, which came out in 1978, starring John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, Stockport Channing, and Jeff Conaway. Is that the same Jeff Conaway who was in Taxi? Yes. Right, okay. Yeah. Jeff Conaway. Channing was in the West Wing. Now there we go. So the cast of the movie Bad News Bears apparently challenged the cast of Grease to a game of softball because they were filming so close to each other. One report said John Travolta pitched the game, while another said he didn't play at all. And I tried to find more on this game because that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. You know, uh, Grease versus Bad News Bears in the 70s. But I couldn't find anything. I was pretty upset by that. So anybody out there who knows anything about that, I'm interested to know what happened during that game. And so it goes up against number 12, which is Phantom of the Opera, which came out in 2004, starring Gerard Butler, Emily Rosam, Patrick Wilson, and thank you, and Mini Driver. It's Emmy Rossum, not Emily. Oh, shame. Emmy Rossum. Shame was the variety, I would say. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, that's right, that is her. Yeah. Yep. And. For a first time ever, we have a trivia fun pass coming in. Oh, I can't say that. Okay. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Here we go. First time ever, we have Trivia Fun Fact coming in here. Nobody knew this was coming, not even Mercy Warren. And we're going to throw some trivia at Mercy Warren. Surprise. She has not seen. Surprise, Mercy Warren. Wow. I'm going to do this to the other uh, cast members here at some point, too. But Mercy Warren is our first victim. We're going to surprise her with three trivia questions, which she has not been prepared for. So, Mercy Warren, you are a huge fan of Phantom of the Opera. Not just the movie, but also the play, which you've seen. I don't seen. even like the movie. Oh. <laughs> But I'll still answer your questions. Okay. Well, (laughs) some of these have to do because obviously it's a famous show. Andrew Lloyd Webber, correct? Yes. That's right. Okay. So this is the fun fact trivia. uh, Three questions that she has known nothing about. So, Mercy Warren, first question. In Andrew Lloyd Webber's version of The Phantom, of this, he has no name. What is his name in the book and play? Eric. That is correct. He got that right. See? Good job. Right. I read the book. Congrats. <laughs> Very good. Uh, you will get some uh, gummy bears or what, what I used to give out in high school. The, uh, the if you got trivia. Fruit snacks. Fruit snacks. <laughs> snacks. And uh, call back to high school here before Mercy Warren knew it. I used to give out fruit snacks when I asked trivia at lunchtime. Were you school. a giant nerd in high school? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> number two. How was that question not been asked? So, Mercy Warren, question number two. Why were actors and the crew within the movie and the play told to keep your head at the level of your, your hands at the level of your eye during production of while the Phantom was around? Because the Phantom would hang them? That's right. What was that called? Hanging? Well, the Punjab lasso (laughs) is the technique the Phantom would use to disperse his victims. All right, number three, the final question. I'm loving these, by the way. <laughs> so you're going to get some, too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. In the movie, the story takes place in 1870. The auction at the end ends in 1919, mm-hmm. and Christine's death is marked in 1917. Yes. Can you say the stage, the stage name dates for those, and why were they changed? I cannot name those, no. Okay. So, yes, in the stage... In the stage production, yes. This is the third one's always the hardest. The the uh, it was 1881, 1910, and 1907. But do you know why Andrew Lloyd Webber changed that from the play to the movie? 
was it for Love Never Dies? That is actually correct. Wow. She got that right. It was changed for the sequel, Love Never Man, Dies. Super fan. Wow. Who does not like the movie correctly? <laughs> that is correct. Mercy Warren. You're also correct in not liking the movie. So you well, get four correct points. I will explain more like when it's my it turn to talk. Well, it is your turn now, okay. Mercy Warren. You are awarded the press next. <laughs> okay, I feel like I need to start with Phantom of the Opera just because we were just talking about that. <laughs> um, it is one of my absolute favorite stage shows. I really enjoy that show. Um, I, it's such a spectacle. The soundtrack is amazing. It's like an iconic Broadway show. I absolutely love it. The movie just kind of falls flat, in my opinion, in comparison of what the spectacle that the stage show is. I think Gerard Butler was a banana's choice to play the Phantom. <laughs> like... Mercy, I couldn't, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I'm not sure if this was during, like, he had a run of After 300 where he was, like, in a bunch of movies. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he was, like, a romantic comedy at one point, but I can't remember what it was. Catherine Heigl. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he was also in that one with the um, P.S. I Love You. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, that's yeah. sad. Yeah. I mean, like, he just, blank. he had a little run there, and I don't think outside of 300 he was any good. Yeah, I just don't feel like that. Yeah, he was I a mean, bad man. I'm with you. Like, if... If you listen to it, like the original Broadway cast soundtrack or any Phantom, they have such powerful voices. Michael Crawford. Yeah, Michael Crawford. Um, Rim, I'm going to butcher this name, but Rim and Karim Liu. He's like another Phantom that's really like well known. But like comparison to them, Gerard Butler just yeah. can't hold a candle. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Rossum, I actually didn't mind her as Christine. Like, I think she had the vocal range. I think she did well. It's she just... She was the best singer on the show, I thought, honestly. In the, yeah. It's just, like, it just kind of fell flat into what the show is. But Grease, this is a movie I grew up watching my entire life. Um, I My mom took me to see it when I was younger. I think they were doing, like, a 20-year, 25th-year, like, re-release in theaters. I was, like, seven or eight or something like that. And I don't think I fully understood the, sh- the plot of the show. But I definitely, like, knew I liked the music as I grew up grew up um it's one that i've watched countless times i could probably quote that movie from beginning to end um i do have to say i do find take some issue with the fact that um olivia newton john as sandy she like at the end like changes everything about her she gets a bad perm takes up smoking (laughs) um and what did he do he lettered in track like i feel like and she took up smoking and got a perm and put on tight pants. Uh, I, I feel like, like, back in the day, though, I mean, my dad also talks mm-hmm. about, like, how, like, it was, like, that was, like, there's very big, like, categories like that. Like, the greasers were, like, a yeah. real, like, yeah. kind of, like, persona. And so for him to kind of switch to, like, a jock, I think actually was a big deal at the time. Yeah. I think the impact, yeah. yeah. Well, I just want to say really quick, too, is, like, at least I can't speak for the ladies of this podcast, but this movie came out 10 years before Mr. Lawson and I were born, which is so crazy to think the difference. I mean, I know it was set earlier back. In, like, the 56. Right. Yeah. But still, like, Grease came out 10 years before you and I were born. That just kind of blows my mind a little bit. Like, yeah. That doesn't seem like that long of a time. <laughs> right. You know? Sorry, sorry, dinner. Yeah, so it was the 20th anniversary that I went and saw in theaters then. But, um... It's just a good show. I mean, don't watch the second one. <laughs> but um, if you think Grease is good, so Grease 2 must be better, you would be mistaken. So do not. 
fall into that trap, please, because the second one might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like, it's laughably bad. But um, some of my favorite songs from Greece are You're the One That I Want, the iconic scene at the end where they're in the um, funhouse, Summer Lovin', and then probably Grease Lightning would be my third. Strand of the Drive-In's a great one. Yeah, or the one where they're the one where they're singing nonsense words at the end is always fun. Oh, yeah. I like the musical dropout. I do, too, actually. Like, it's not as bopping as the other ones, but, like, Frankie Avalon doing, like, really, little... Yeah, really fun. Yeah, it's just a good, good show. Like, mm-hmm. probably my least favorite song is Stocker Channing's song. Sandra D. No, um, the other one. Right. The worst things they could do. Oh, yeah. That's probably my least favorite song I kinda in the like show. Her. I kind of like her in the movie. Oh, I like her in the yeah. movie, for sure. And then um, my favorite songs from Phantom, of, or of course, Phantom of the Opera, Music of the Night, and Past the Point of No Return. But you're just not done yeah, as the, well as the Broadway version by far. No, I completely <laughs> agree. Yes. Completely agree. Um... Yeah, I think we all have the same take. Like, if you've seen Phantom, the Broadway show, you're going to have strong opinions on the movie because it just doesn't hold up. The critics, like, I was looking back at the critic reviews, like, they weren't as harsh on it as I thought they would have been. They thought it was okay, and I actually really don't think it is at all. Yeah. I think they were just trying to get big names for, like, the characters so people would go see the movie, which obviously makes sense. But, like... You need to have a good voice to, like, do the roles in that show. And, I mean, for Christine, like, the original on Broadway, she was, like, an opera singer. Yeah. Like, I'm... They were also, like, only big names for, I feel like, a short amount of time. Like, it's, like, both those, like, like, Gerard Butler and, like, Emma... Emmy Robinson. Like, they both, like, were having a moment, and then, like, they kind of, like, not fell off off a cliff, but, like... They're not as well known today, or like yeah. well respected today as they were back then. So it was almost like they like bought the stock very high in them, and then they it collapsed underneath them. I don't know. I was doing some research on Greece and. Um, they wanted to make sure that John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John had, like, uh, chemistry before, or Olivia Newton-John, before she took the role on to make sure that they had chemistry. And then also, another fun, the Stafford Channing's, like, hickeys were actually real. I read that. And the guy, um, like, Kinnicky, that Jeff Conway, like, actually gave them to her. So they'd be authentic. Um, so I thought that was a... Fun, interesting fun fact. <laughs> so I give you the box office. Uh, Greece made three hundred and ninety-five million dollars. Only had a budget of six million dollars. So I mean, huge money made for Greece. Yeah. Phantom had a uh, box office of one hundred fifty-five million and only a budget of seventy. So despite our negative reviews, Phantom actually did make some money. Oh yeah. Um, I will say for Phantom, the visual effects were actually pretty well done. Like the masquerade song. Yes. I feel like the, like the whole. Like, yeah, thank you. The, cost- <laughs> like, the costumes, I think the background were really good, and just like the, that whole scene was great. I think we we're uh, we we're criticizing the actors, and it was just wasn't that well done um, overall. And then Grease is just a fantastic movie. So, um, well, and it was so Phantom was our first like first date movie for the Lost. So it does Aww. it does hold sentiment, even though we're trashing it. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the time. Like, I thought it was okay, 
Because we had like that connection, so yeah. I think you thought it would be a good idea to go see it as like our first date. We both like the we both like the soundtrack, and then the movie was yeah. just kind of disappointing <laughs> overall. But the date was fantastic. So yeah, we'll never yeah. forget Mrs. Lawson. I had a well, he, I went on the movie date with him first, so mm-hmm. he was my oh, <laughs> no bad blood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. I've been uh, letting that wound fester for over 20 years here. <laughs> As we get into voting here, I'm actually going to throw a sword to my vote. I know how this is going to go, but I'm going to throw a vote towards Fan of the Opera. Masquerade, as uh, Mr. Lawson said, was really, really well done. It's one of my favorite songs anywhere. I can listen to that song just like when I'm like, I just want something to like, you know, Masquerade. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And, and Summer Loving with Grease is kind of up there with me too. I love this. I remember I, I watched that for the first time in ninth grade music class, I believe it was. And Summer Lovin' was like, well, I'm like, why is the song not more? Like, why, why don't you hear the song more? Like, it's, it should be played every day in the summer. It's so, so good. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give my vote towards Sarah. So, fun fact, you were talking about Olivia Newton-John and um, John Travolta. They're still, like, besties in real life. Uh-huh. They released a Christmas album together. It's I awful. <laughs> What is with me today? Apparently, I just hate everything. Do you today. own it though? I own everything. So yeah. <laughs> if it's Christmas, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I do have to say, when it comes to the Phantom of the Opera movie, like I saw the movie before I saw the show, and before I saw the show, the, I thought the movie was fine. But once I saw yeah. the show, it kind of put the movie into perspective. So there was a time I really did enjoy the movie. It's just after I've seen the show. Um, I put that into perspective for me. Another sequel that's not my favorite, um, Love Never Dies, which oh, is the yeah. Broadway sequel. Oh, yeah. I hope they never make a movie of that. Yeah, not a fan. Not good. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I, it, like, totally destroys, like, the plot of the first one, in my opinion. So I just pretend like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Mrs. Lawson. Um, I, but, oh, I didn't vote, did I? No. <laughs> <laughs> my vote goes to Greece. My vote goes to Greece. <laughs> If we're talking about Broadway shows, it'd be a different story. But talking about movies, my vote goes to Greece. Agreed. 100%. um, I know. I feel like I always criticize John Travolta because I don't like him in almost everything he does. I like him in really two things, like Greece and Saturday Night Fever are my two things I actually like John Travolta. So I'm gonna advance Greece going forward. I think it's really good. Movies use like the Bee Gees for songs. Well, Bee Gees were in um, Saturday Night Fever. Um, this was um, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Yes. Yeah, Greece, the is, the Greece, Greece, is, Greece is the word. That's a really. I like the intro a lot. So it's a, yeah, it's gotcha. really good opening. Okay, so no surprise there. Greece moves on over Phantom. So we get into the final four movies of this bracket, and we have number thirteen, Across the Universe, which came out in two thousand seven. <laughs> Starring Evan Rachel Wood, Jim Sturgis, Joe Anderson, and uh, Pana Fuchs, and Bono was in there. Also, Eddie Izzard was in there. Yeah. So, fun fact across the universe, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and Yoko Ono all enjoyed the film. Paul watched it with director Julie Taymor, and she was overwhelmed when he sang along to All My Lovin' when it came on during the film. Evan Rachel Wood and Jim Sturgis were having dinner together and learned Ringo was close by and going to watch the movie. They rushed to the theater and actually watched it with them. I think that was pretty cool. 
So Across the Universe goes up against number 14, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, which came out in 1975, starring Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, Barry Boswick, Richard O'Brien, and Meatloaf was in there. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Reads Meatloaf. I know. Uh, but he was pretty good in that movie, really good. So filming took place in a castle in Bray, near Windsor, England. And according to Barry Boswick, was always freezing and wet. There was one room in the whole castle they called the warm room. <laughs> it was filled with space heaters where cast members would take turns warming up until eventually it caught on fire and the room was lost and they couldn't go in there and hang out anymore. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, both of these movies, I, as everybody, anybody who's listened to this podcast knows, I'm a huge, huge Beatles fan, but I'm not particularly a fan of Beatles covers. So, with Across the Universe, I felt like it had to be in here just because it does pay a pretty good tribute to the Beatles. And some of the songs are pretty good, pretty well done. I like their respect with them. Um, but I will save my final judgment to later and leave it a little bit of a cliffhanger on where I'll vote. Mercy. Okay, so I'm going to be transparent and say that neither of these movies are my favorite. Um, across the universe, I'm going to tell you the same thing I did in the first part about Mamma Mia, about movies that have similar songs that already exist and forcing them to confine to a storyline. Um, I do have to admit that there is some good choreography in Across the Universe. Like the bowling scene is really good. Um, the I Want You, She's So Heavy when they're like doing the boot camp scene. I think that's pretty cool. Like I like the choreography. Some cool visuals too. Yes. Like it's some trippy yeah. visuals. But I was going to say it's almost too trippy. So, a little bit. I remember watching this movie for the first time as a child. I wasn't a child. <laughs> I was a teenager, yeah. but like I was still in high school. And I remember having it on them, the TV. My dad walks into the room and goes, what the hell are you watching? Right. Like he was like, it was just, it's just too trippy in parts for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as Rocky Horror Picture Shows goes, um, have you ever watched something and you're just thinking in your brain, how did a human brain come up with this concept? That's kind of how I feel about Rocky Horror. Like, it, there had to have been some psychotropics involved there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, both of these movies were probably, I mean, like, one, it's like you wanted them to believe in across the universe that you were on psychedelics, and then Rocky Horror, clearly the writers and director, yeah. were, they were on some I don't know how else they would have thought of that storyline. Yeah. But it's another thing. Like, it knows what it is. I mean... It could be a romance, it could be a horror, it could be sci-fi, it could, I mean, it's just kind of, it just kind of exists. I mean, it's campy, but it knows what it is. Um, my favorite songs in Across the Universe are I've Just Seen a Face, which is the bowling scene, It Won't Be Long, and I Want You, She's So Heavy, and then Rocky Horror, um, I Love Meatloaf, so Hot Patootie is my favorite song, but then I also like Time Warp and Rose Tint My World. I really like in Time Warp when um, Little Nell, who plays Columbia, does the tap dance. That's probably my favorite part of that entire movie, and I'll honestly, the rest of it gets weird. <laughs> yeah, both these movies um, are weird in their own way. Uh, I remember, well, we saw Across the Universe in theaters, too, with a couple friends, and just kind of being disappointed. I don't know, we were, we are, we're all kind of fans of, like, Beatles music, but, um, yeah, it was just kind of, like, too trippy for mm -hmm. me, honestly. Uh, 
And then Rocky Horror, uh, Hot Patootie is also my favorite song as well. It's a, a, as Mercy would say, it's a bop. It's a bop. <laughs> um, but they, I've always wanted to go see it in the theater. I've never had a chance to. I've seen it like on my TV screen, but I know they do like a local theater. Everyone does. Yeah, yeah. They bring props and dress up. They do it like around us every Halloween. So I've always wanted to go do that. I think that would be so fun, even though the movie's really cheesy. Um, <laughs> but the music's really good. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Cross Universe had a $30 million at the box office, had a budget of $70 million, so it was a flop. Wow. And then Rocky Horror Picture Show, $226 million box office, budget of less than $1.5 million. Get out of here. That's an amazing, wow. I mean, it's not like a very high it production is. movie, you know? But I'm surprised, like, that, that's like Blair Witch Project level. I think that's what it kind of was at its time, right? I think it was kind of like just a cult. Yeah. Uh, movie and everyone liked it. Halloween is. I feel like every Halloween, I mean, people dress up and watch it. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. a big like. I feel like every year that movie just keeps like right. cashing in. Um, across the universe, you know, on Amazon it was like priced to like I can't remember it was three ninety nine, and my comment was I think Amazon should pay us three ninety nine to watch this movie. <laughs> um, it's just I, I like. I mean, I'm a big Beatles fan. The, the singing's like okay. I'm with Mercy. The way they just like forced the storyline. Yes. What? I, 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 no, I mean, yeah. I don't mean to cut off Mr. Lawson here, but I literally said this to Mercy, uh, Mercy Warren earlier today. Is I hate when movies in general force songs into situations, and Across the Universe is guilty of that the entire <laughs> movie. To the names, to the situations. Um, there's there's a couple good moments. I'll give them that. Like they, they were Beatles fans, but when you force every single song into the situation, you're not writing. You're just plugging. You know, yeah. that's not writing. That's just plugging in Beatles songs and. Hoping, like, it's just, ah, uh, yeah. came into the bathroom window, and someone just, like, goes through a bathroom window. Yeah, and it's, like, it's, and it's kind of, like, the, the one thing, like, it's so funny, like, the best part of the movie is so original, is after the I Want You, She's So Heavy thing, when um, the, the actor, uh, he's, like, like, why should you not be in this man's army? He's, like, I'm a homosexual, like, you know, like, diabetic homosexual who doesn't believe, like, he's, like, a pacifist, and I'm, you know, he's, like, he's, like, well, as long as you're not flat-footed, and, like, you're in, you know? Like, that's a funny moment, you know? <laughs> like, but that's, yeah. That's the exception. Right? Yeah, that's the exception. Like any, like they didn't ruin the Beatles for me with that, but they did not fully give them justice. Sorry. That's not, yeah, no, I'm with you. I guess what, like you know, the Beatles music, like it's amazing, and I feel like they could have made it so much better, and they just didn't. Um, and honestly, they, they could have gotten better singer. Like kind of Bono had an appearance. Yes, I apologize, Leslie. Um, Bono had an appearance. Was there somebody else like, a cameo in it? Or like Eddie Izzard, because um, Eddie Izzard was Mr. Kite. As uh, Bono did. That was a very that whole scene was very true with Mr. Kite yeah. and thing. And that was pretty good. And then Bono, he was in there a little bit too long when he, he didn't do I'm the Ballers too yeah, bad. Again, yeah. Yeah, but it was just like, yeah, and it's just, it's, you know, really quick too, like the last thing I'll say about this, not to cut off this once again, is that recently we learned that like Evan Rachel Wood, everything that she went through with uh, Marilyn Manson and the torture, the literal torture she went through, which was probably right around the time she filmed this movie, that she was able to keep it together, sing and act as well as she did in that movie, is pretty amazing. So I just think a, a special shout out should go to her 
to show the resilience and just strength that she had to uh, to play that role as Lucy. So it's awesome. Yeah, that, that, that's good. I mean, as a Rocky Horror picture, I'm saying, I haven't seen those eaters yet. Would like I think that'd be a good time. Um, but I'm a big Meatloaf fan as well. Was we'll Sandy passed away recently? Um, yeah. I think it's a more fun movie. Yeah, except for I don't like what they do to Meatloaf in that movie. Yeah, when they eat them or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of time. funny that they eat Meatloaf. <laughs> I remember the first time watching that, I was utterly shocked when they pulled the tablecloth back. Yeah. yeah, I was highly. The first time I saw that movie, I was highly confused. <laughs> Um, so, should we get in the voting? Yeah. Okay, we can get the voting here really quick. Um, I think Across the Universe was my pick to be on the bracket. And just, I just wanted to, it was between that or the, um, oh, what was the other recent movie that just came out where everybody forgets the Beatles existed. And, yesterday? Um, and yesterday, yeah, the movie yesterday. It was kind of torn between that and, and Across the Universe felt more like a musical in my opinion because it had choreography and, and stuff. I kind of wish I would have put Yesterday in there. Um, my vote is going to go towards Rocky Horror Picture Show. I remember in our last podcast, one of the fun, fun facts from one of the movies was that um, Tim Curry's parents were really, really strict and they only would let him watch musicals. I kind of would want to know their hot take on what they felt about him, seeing him in like fishnets and high heels and like. Don't you think like you've makeup. seen South Park too, Miss Lawson? Like, yeah. you know, like the um, like when they uh, South Park spoofs the uh, High School Musical thing, yeah. and it's like Mr. Queermo is like, "What are you doing here? What are you, you know?" Like it's so dramatic. I kind of picture Tim Curry's parents like that. <laughs> They're just so overly dramatic and musical. Tim Curry's so great. The yeah. DVD, he is great. Yeah. The DVD I had of Rocky Horror um, actually had an option where you could like turn on like the audience commentary or whatever, and I would like do that on occasion. Yeah, they get really into it. They like throw toast and bring umbrellas and. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a big deal. Yeah, that would be interesting to see in real life. I would have loved to walk, like work at a movie theater when that first came out. So um, what's your book? <laughs> Rocky Horror. Okay. Yeah, the Lawson's good Rocky Horror as well. Both of them. Both of them, yeah. Strong okay. against that. I, again, I, I wouldn't say don't watch any of these movies except for, I wouldn't recommend Across the Universe at all, honestly. Yeah. Well, not that, I mean, it, it felt like, because when this movie came out, I was in my first year of college, and it, feel, it felt like it was tailor-made for artistic college students, you know? It was just the visuals and everything right there, so I felt like when it came out, it was, it was, but, like, it just, you know, I don't like what they did to come together, let it be, and, um, you know, just overall, it, it just, it was so forced, you know? I, I wanted to, do, I had, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll move on before I... Yeah. yeah. As we get into the final two movies here in the bracket, before we, we get into quick voting, we have number 15, The Music Man, which came out in 1962, starring Robert Preston, Shirley Jones, Buddy Hackett, Hermione Gingold, Jingle, and little Ron Howard was in there. Yeah, is that one? That's right. Ronnie Howard. So as we continue the Beatles fun facts here, Till There Was You, a song in the movie, was recorded by the Beatles and Paul by the Beatles and was on one of their albums. Paul McCartney only knew the Peggy Lee uh, cover. He didn't know that it was from the music band. So they performed it often uh, starting in Hamburg in the uh, early 60s. So uh, Paul McCartney, a huge fan of uh, Till There Was You. And um, again, nothing against music band, but Paul McCartney's version is so much better. So um, it goes up against number 16, our last movie in the bracket, Funny Face, which came out in 1957, starring Audrey Hepburn, Fred Astaire, Kate Thompson, and Robert Fleming. So Audrey had a lot of family with her for this film. She didn't want to be separated from her husband, Mel Ferrier. Fair. Fair. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, yeah. 
Yes. They had a baby together. Yes. So they filmed the scenes in Paris to coincide with his movie, uh, Paris Does Strange Things. Uh, Audrey's mother, uh, Baroness Ellen Van Hemstra, Hemstra. Hemstra, makes a cameo as a cafe patron, cafe patron, patron, and her terrier. <laughs> And Audrey's terrier, Mr. Famous, appears in a basket in the train shot. So Audrey was surrounded by the people she loved in her life. That was very sweet. So, um, Mercy Special here. First one this episode. Um, I haven't seen the entirety of the musical. Oh my god! And I tried to get her many times to watch this over the course of the last month. (laughs) I've seen clips of it. I have seen it on stage, and I have seen um, the Matthew Broderick version movie, but I have not seen this particular version. Um, Music Man has never actually been my favorite show. So I mean, Seventy Six Trombones is a bop. But once again, it's loosely based on a con man. I know it gets better in the end, but... Yeah, he reforms. Yeah, I know he reforms, but... Um, funny face, um, not new information. I love Audrey Hepburn. She is my favorite actress. Um, this is her other musical besides My Fair Lady. Um, she does do her own singing in this show. Fred Astaire is in it. He was actually in the original Broadway cast of Funny Face. And he came out of retirement for this, right? Yes, except for the Broadway show and the movie are completely like, there's maybe like two songs that are the same. They pretty much rewrote it for the movie. But fun fact, on the show, on the stage version, the person who played his love interest was his sister in real life. (laughs) So that's fun. (laughs) Yes. Um, Funny Face, if you haven't seen it, it's it's a good movie. Audrey Hepburn plays... Joe, who works in a bookshop, but she dreams of going to Paris so that she can talk to a philosopher. But her way to get to Paris is to model. And she ends up falling in love with Fred Astaire, which is always fun. She does a weird dance in the middle of it in, in black leggings. Uh. <laughs> you got to take so going back to Rocky Horror, sorry, I had to take a little break. Um, my mom actually did work at the movie theater, like when that was in the theaters, huh. and she like, I think she's seen that movie like fifty times, and remember like people bringing props and stuff, and she could probably recite like every word to that movie. But anyways, so um, hadn't seen both of these movies, uh, but they were put on the list, so we did watch both of them, and I. I enjoyed both of them. Um, Music Man. Um, same case with we. I think we've seen Marion Librarian. <laughs> that song was singing and dancing at least I would say twenty times. It's a fun, it's a, it's a fun dance number. Good choreography overall. Yeah. Um, so that so I did enjoy that one and. Um, Funny Days, I liked it. I don't, be- I didn't believe Audrey Hepburn and Fred Astaire as like a couple. Mm-hmm. I know that it's just like, they did have good chemistry. It was just kind of the age difference that, that did it sense. for me. Um, also, Fred Astaire did some like aggressive kissing. That was my hot take. Yeah. He was just like, he would just like kiss her like yeah. randomly without like her you know, permission, permission yeah, or consent. That is true. <laughs> but she enjoyed it. I guess it seemed like <laughs> she didn't mind it. So, um, 
But yes, and then we've also seen that dance number where he's like dancing outside of yeah. her window, I think like 20 times as well. It's really good dancing. It is a good dancing, yeah. Fred Astaire is an amazing dancer. Yes, he is, absolutely. Yes, I'll give you the box office for Music Band made $15 million. Um, actually, we couldn't find the budget for this one. I think it was pretty low. But as far as the Music Band, it was the third highest grossing film in 1962. So you hear $15 million, you don't think it's not that much. But mm -hmm. in the 60s, that was big money. Yeah. Um, Funny Face had a $2.5 million box office. Budget was $3 million. So Ooh. probably, I mean, at the end, it broke even. Uh, kind of a flop there. You would have thought with Fred Astaire coming back. I was, like, think, yeah. I was in there to buy tickets. Yeah. But that was also like pre um, Audrey's big blow up. Like she had won an Oscar at this point, but it's like pre My Fair Lady, pre Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. Okay. Well, she's really good at it. Um, and Fred Astaire is, his singing is not fantastic. He has that one dancing that we saw 20 times, but that was really impressive. Mm -hmm. um, he's, I mean, obviously a fantastic dancer. Everybody knows that. Um, I just didn't believe they were a couple. Um, I didn't think that the, I didn't like the songs that much in Funny Face. Like, Think Pink is pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's like the first song of the show, though. And after that, like, it kind of, there's that one song about Paris, which is okay. Bonjour, Perry, yeah. But, like, overall, the music just isn't that fantastic. Uh, music band, Buddy Hackett, is like a really fun, like, side character yes. in that. Especially for the time, it was like a big time for him. He sings the uh, Shapoopy song, right? Yeah, he sings Shapoopy, and it's just like a good, like, kind of like, um, keeps the movie going. Mm -hmm. um, Robert Preston, I think, has such great energy in that movie. Yes. That you really believe he's like the music man. Right. Um, and yeah, Ronnie Howard, that one silly Gary in the end of the song. Um, it's just, oh, it's just, it's just a pretty fun movie overall. The acting's really good. Um, okay. Good dancing, good songs. Really solid music overall. Maybe I'll watch it. Right. Watch it. <laughs> Ben to Gary Anna, uh, Gary Indiana, yes. of course. Gary and Indiana. Gary yeah. Indiana, and I always remember that town as like the music band. And so I had a, I rode in a cab there at one point, and um, the cab driver just told me all the different places where he said he's seen dead bodies and murders happen <laughs> in Gary Indiana. And I'm like, I did not expect that. He's like, yeah. I'm like I think of the music band. He's like, yeah. He's like, there was a dead body in that uh, corner for like three days before somebody got it. And I'm like, did not see that coming. Probably the last time that town was. Right. <laughs> yeah, because uh, wasn't uh, Michael Jackson born there too, I think? Yeah, it's like one of the worst towns. Yeah, so. I'm uh, a friend for a from Gary. Yeah, sorry, Gary and uh, patrons, uh, citizens. So, uh, as we get into voting here, um, I, I feel, I mean, this is going to already be an awkward drive home with Mercy Warren later, so I'm just going to make it more <laughs> awkward and give my vote towards Music Man. Uh, I grew up with this movie. I watched it several times, and I think it's just really good. It was great music, and just, I love how he'll go to any extent, you know, um, to, like, you know, I just love the extent that he goes to as trying to sell, you know, all those, you know, turning them all against like uh, the, like, the hoodlums. Like, you can't let them play pin, pinball because that's not like, you know. Are they that's, playing pool, not pinball? Oh, the pool, I'm sorry. Yeah, I right, haven't even pool. seen it. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like, you know, and he's got like the joke books and the sitting side in his pockets and the, the parents are just like, oh, it's so dramatic, you know, like it's the end of society because they're playing pool. So um, my vote is going to go towards the music band. Fun fact about Funny Face, Kay Thompson, um, who plays Miss Prescott, 
she was also an author and she wrote one of my favorite books growing up. She wrote the Eloise series. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And I loved those books when I was little, so mm-hmm. I just think that's kind of fun. My f- three favorite songs from Funny Face are Bonjour Paris on How to Be Lovely and Swonderful. And obviously, I'm going to be the only one that votes for it probably, but I'm going to vote for Funny Face. Yeah, sorry, Mercy. Um, both Mr. and Mrs. Lawson are going to vote for the music, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one, but uh, uh, Audrey Hepburn did have some good shout-outs and make a good run in the first half of the bracket. So we're going to get a quick voting now as we wrap up this episode, and we're going to go all the way back to the first round where I believe we have Funny Girl going up against Little Shop of Horrors. Am we I right do. that? Okay. Yeah. So as we get into the voting here, um... I'm going to give my vote towards Little Shop of Horror. It's uh, nothing against Funny Girl, and it's not really anything against Barbara Streisand, but the movie runs a little long for me with Funny Girl, and, I mean, Little Shop of Horror just wraps it up so nicely. The cameos, the music, it's hard to uh, vote against it. This is rough. Like I said earlier, Little Shop is just a fun movie, but, like, Funny Girl is more of, like, a impactful movie, I would guess. So I believe I'm going to vote for Funny Girl. Mrs. Lawson's going to vote for Funny Girl. Mr. Lawson um, is going to vote for A Little Shop of Horror. Okay, so that is confirmed with uh, Mr. Lawson out of the room at the moment. Yes. So if that is the case, so we have a tie here. And I do want to thank again Miss Gladys uh, for our VIP listener. But in the second round, we do use our IMDb scores. So just out of curiosity, can we pull it up? Uh, do we know what she would have voted for? Uh, let me look. She would have voted for Funny Girl. So Funny Girl would have gotten it. Okay. So, in the INDB scores, Funny Girl scored a 7.3 out of 10, which is about average for this bracket. Little Shop of Horrors scored 7.1 out of 10. So Funny Girl gets the win. Our VIP listener guessed it right with everything. So Funny Girl does move on to the next round. So very, look that very, it, looks, it looks like I wrote that was furry really girl. Right. It looks like I wrote furry girl. <laughs> All right, so we move back into the second round. We have, I believe, the producers, the 2005 version, going up against Chicago in 2002. So, producers versus Chicago. Love producers very much. So as we get into the voting here, uh, like I said, I love producers. I love more so the music and stuff from Chicago, but I just don't like any of the characters in Chicago. So I'm going to give my vote towards the producers. So my vote is going to go towards Chicago. I just think that it's more of a dynamic musical with great songs and some really great choreography. And Mr. and Mrs. Lawson will also vote for Chicago. All right, so Chicago moves on, and they uh, murder and don't feel bad at all about killing mm-hmm. the producers. They had it coming. Yeah, they had it coming. If I did it, I'd be laughing about it. So, <laughs> I mean. All right, so we get into the second half of the bracket in the third round, and we have Cabaret going up against Greece. Um, this is a tough one. Um... Grease is a happy movie. I think I like the music maybe just slightly better, but I like the movie of Cabaret, I think, better. So I'm going to give my vote towards Cabaret. 
this is a rough one for me because Cabaret is a, it's a good movie, but as I alluded to before, it's not the happiest. Grease is one that I've grown up with. It's happy, it's feel good, it has memorable music. My vote goes to Grease. And Mr. Mr. Lawson, Mr. and Mrs. Lawson are also gonna vote for Grease. Uh, just, I think it's just for the case of when it's just more of a fun movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's why I voted for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that means we get into where we just were, and we have our final two movies of this round before, let's see which one goes into the semifinals. And so I believe we have Rocky Horror Picture Show going up against Funny Face. Music Man. Oh, wait. It was, it was Music Man? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that was like so mean of me to say that. Oh, no. Oh, so he did it deliberately. Oh. Oh, this is going to be the worst drive home ever. So, Rocky Horror Picture Show goes up against Music Man. I'm just going to leave him here with the loss. <laughs> so, uh, my vote, this is really tough. Oh my gosh. I mean, like, neither of these movies are my absolute favorite in the bracket, but they're both kind of on the same par with me in a weird way. They're both, like, I can watch these movies and sing along to these songs really at any point. So, I'm actually going to give my vote towards Rocky Horror Picture Show. This is a rough one just because Rocky Horror is like, as I alluded to before, it's just a strange movie. But um, Music Man, I haven't actually seen the whole thing. So I guess I'm going to vote for Rocky Horror. I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> so. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And then uh, Mr. and Miss Lawson, we're kind of agreeing on a lot of these, but we're both going to vote for Music Man. Okay, so we have a tie between Music Man and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. All right, so this one, I need to be score. The Music Man, highly, highly rated. 7.8 out of 10. Mm. Really pretty high in this bracket. And with Rocky Horror Picture Show, we know that they have a great cult following, as everybody has alluded to, we've said it several times. But is it enough to get over the 7.10, 7.8 out of 10 for the music fan? Everybody, hush. Suspense here. It is not. Rocky Horror Picture Show scored a 7.4 out of 10. It's a glad. It's a glad that I immediately like regretted voting for Rocky Horror and was hoping that Music Man would win. <laughs> so yeah, Music Man gets the win here and moves on into the semifinals. So we get into more quick voting here. We have what is it? Funny Face versus it's Funny Girl. Oh my god. Gosh, that oh one was not intentional. I'm so sorry. I've seen it. I'm trying to look, read this upside down here. My memory is horrible. So Funny Girl goes up against Chicago. Um, I'm probably going to give my vote to Chicago on this one. Um, I'm going to give my vote to Chicago as well. So Mr. Lawson is going to vote for Chicago, confirmed. And then I will throw my vote for Funny Girl, just to get a vote out there. All right, fair enough. Chicago has moved on much farther than I really ever expected them to. Same. So let's see what goes up against it here. We have Grease going up against... The Music Man. The Music Man. Um... In a weird twist here, I'm actually going to give it to Grease. Uh, Summer Lovin', their best song in my opinion, it beats 76 trombones slightly, probably the best song in Music Man. It's tough, but I think I'm going to go with Grease. I've always loved the movie Grease, so that's my vote. 
So Mrs. Lawson, I'm gonna vote for her in proxy. Uh, she is gonna vote for the Music Man. And I love both movies, I can't really decide. So I'm gonna throw it to the tiebreaker and I'm gonna also vote for Music Man. Okay, all right, so as we just said last round, Music Man scored a 7.8 out of 10. Grease, one of the most loved movies and probably the most popular movie of Dr. Volta's career, scored a 7.8 out of 10. Wow. Music Man gets wow. the nod over Grease, and we now have Music Man versus Chicago. I would never have guessed these two movies would make it to the finals. Um, both very popular. Chicago, great soundtrack. I remember in high school, it just caught on like fire. Everybody loves Chicago. Subblock Tango and all that jazz were everywhere, I remember, um, when I was a kid. Or young adult, I should say. So Chicago versus Music Man in this scenario. My gosh. <laughs> I am going to give my vote towards the music man. Um, my vote's gonna go towards Chicago. Okay, so Mrs. Lawson, again, I'm in her proxy here, she's gonna vote for Music Man. And I will vote for, Mr. Lawson will vote for Music Man as well. I think okay. it's just an all-time musical. Um, Chicago's really good, but I gotta put it just short of the uh, music man. And I, I applaud Chicago on that run there. Uh, Catherine's in his own, Renee Zellweger and Richard Gere. You did not do those roles injustice. You did them very well. So we have a winner from this bracket being the music man, um, which I believe was my pick. I know that was your pick because I wasn't going to pick it, but then you picked it. Oh, really? That's right. <laughs> you, you picked it before I could pick it. Oh, so I voted for it. This then. is a Mr. Lawson pick here. Push over the left a little bit then. So well, we're comes, not done yet. Because it comes down to a Mercy Worm pick. That's Versus right. your pick. We do have our winner from the last bracket that is Singing in the Rain, uh, which I believe came out in 1952. Um, so that goes up against The Music Man here. So this is pretty tough. Um, both older movies. Um, so I would have to say the movie that I could watch more and bop along to the most would be the music man gets my vote. Wow. Um, singing in the rain still gets my vote. So I will say, and I got Mrs. Lawson's vote here as well. I will say that overall, I think the first half of our 16 movies, I honestly was superior to this half overall. I agree. Um, and one of my favorites in this half, Fiddler got knocked out very early, too early in my opinion, <laughs> but I digress. Um, but yeah, the Lawson's are both gonna vote for singing in the rain. It just. It just makes me, it's just a musical, it just makes me smile. And I kind of, I was a little worried about um, which one would come out here. I'm not worried isn't the right word, but I'm a little bit surprised. So Singing in the Rain gets the win. Yeah. Great, um, you know, great bracket here. Very, a lot of fun. Music Man really came out strong. Really uh, coming through. Um, like I said, this was gonna be one of my picks. And I remember when we did our draft, um, picking these movies, Mr. Lawson picked it just before I could. So I'm glad to see that it made it so far because I, it, it truly is one of my favorite movies. And um, 
But Mercy Horror gets the win. Yeah, great. Congrats. Congratulations, a non-Christmas movie okay. chosen by Mercy Warren, Singing in the Rain. So you, uh, yeah, I believe you have two wins now. I have zero still, and uh, I don't even know what it is between Mr. and Mrs. Lawson. They have dominated <laughs> these since we started. Uh, but so much fun, everybody. Thank you so much. Mercy Warren, Mr. Lawson, Mrs. Lawson. Uh, I know we can probably put you on the spot right now. I don't know if you have a closing thought or a uh, scoop of the week, Mr. Lawson. No, I'm just going to say that uh, I haven't seen the last two episodes of Stranger Things, but I think this season so far has been my favorite, honestly. Yes. Um, been really good. Can't wait to watch the last two parts of the movie. Um, I'm kind of a little annoyed that like they didn't just split it up into like four episodes. Instead, it's almost like two movies. Like, it was like one's like two and a half hours. Is it really? Like yeah. It's, wow. So I don't know why they did that, but uh, I'm looking forward to finishing it. Again, Stranger Things, if you haven't seen it, I would really recommend it for all ages, honestly. Um, and me and Mrs. Watson have been watching a show called Afterlife on Netflix, which uh, with Ricky Gervais, which will make you cry. Yeah. But I actually would recommend it. It's kind of a, I wouldn't say it's, it's like a dark comedy. Ish. Um, so that'd be my other fun show recommendation for now. Do you guys have Hulu? No, we do not. Because Only Murders in the Building is a good one. Yeah, oh, that's a great one. Steve Martin, Martin Short, and uh, Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Weird yeah. combo, or weird trio, I should say. But well, not too much with Short and uh, uh, well, no, Martin. The, but no, those two are like best friends in real life. That yeah. makes sense. Just Selena Gomez and them is where <laughs> it gets weird. But it's honestly very good. It is. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. So we back uh, to hear back from you, Kyle Moody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, come on, get back to it. Give us yeah. props to the Yeah, come on, seriously. Uh, anyway, thank you all so much. Remember to find Mr. Lawson and myself with Patrick Henry on Round 3 Speak, the podcast. Uh, hoping very much so to get yeah. together with him and do another episode again soon. A lot to talk about with that. A lot to talk about. A lot going on right now. And I, I think it's a nice break to do this podcast every once in a while to, to have some fun, get away from the serious topics. But at the same time, I think those other serious topics need to be discussed. And I always feel better afterwards too so thank you mercy warren thank you mr and mrs lawson we had a great time here find us on rd3 productions at yahoo.com facebook twitter and all these different platforms spotify amazon apple music uh you have all been wonderful out there thank you so much uh gladys you were truly wonderful and if it would have came down to chicago versus greece we would have used you as the ultimate tiebreaker because they both had identical IMDb scores so i'm sorry we robbed you of that but thank you so much for your contribution all right love you all out there mercy warren bye soundstripe